includes the Cayman Islands. So yes, honey chow, Facebook, no nice, no bueno. All right. Um, let's go ahead and play our Monday Rewind segment while I grab the links for our listeners. And uh, we'll be right back after this quick second. for Monday Rewind. <laughs> the Cold Heart Truth's Monday Rewind show recaps the weekend's news and events so you don't miss a beat. Don't miss out. All the weekend's source, news, gossip, and well, it wouldn't be a weekend recap show without traffic accidents too. <laughs> Cayman Marl Road is Cayman's number one news source and has the island's hottest morning talk show. It's the hottest. Make sure you don't miss a beat with Monday Rewind. Tune in every Monday from 7.30 a.m. on both YouTube and Facebook. All right, folks, uh, welcome back. Uh, things are improving. <laughs> we now went from zero people on Facebook to 50 so far, and I see the numbers will continue to climb. So my apologies for that. Um, I just recognize exactly what happened uh, after having a quick look on Facebook. So we'll send out all the links. Don't forget that you can join our uh, WhatsApp news group. It's the quickest way to get detailed information on what's happening here in the Cayman Islands, all the breaking news. So every single thing that gets posted on the website, as well as um, on social media, we send out to our WhatsApp group. So you're always in the loop. So uh, Raymond, thank you for the feedback. He says, better now. <laughs> yes, I got gotcha. you. All right, folks, what a, an amazingly busy uh, weekend. Um, a lot happened between Friday and today. And, you know, this is the world that we live in. Things develop extremely quickly. So we have a lot that we want to delve into and talk about. We do have a guest, interestingly enough, who's going to be joining us this morning. And that's Mr. Derek Monroe from Offreg. So he is the director um, on the side of the fuel. And I think he's an interesting guest to have on, given the discussion that we're going to be having um, this morning. So someone says I wasn't on 89.1 either. Oh, that's strange. Okay. Uh, yeah, we go we go live there at 7.30. So they were messaging me before 7.30. <laughs> so everything has to kind of work um, in conjunction with each other. So Yes, I was on 106 at that time when they messaged me. All right, so so it goes. Um, so I think we're all good. Everybody looks like they're happy. Bobo's live and direct, and then YouTube and Facebook got you locked as well. So Mr. Monroe is going to be joining us this morning to actually talk about fuel quality, which is something that has come up recently in our discussion. So don't forget, folks, that on um, Friday's show, we had our first um, email mailbag segment where we were going through kind of, you know, questions and comments and everything that we received. We didn't get through all of them because there were a lot in the queue and uh, we'll work our way through some more. So, you know, as things come up, so we had a question on Friday about prescriptive rights, for example. We then try to tap into the available resources that we have to us. And someone recommended, um, Sandy, you need to talk to... Um, you need to talk to um, 
to Sammy Jackson because Sammy knows a lot about prescriptive rights and he should be able to assist. So I saw someone commenting that we're not on YouTube. YouTube is actually on. So I'll, I'll send you the link, uh, Miss Lily, in case you prefer to go there. But um, yeah, so, you know, interestingly enough, um, he has a lot of knowledge and expertise in this particular area. And so we will um, reach out to him in reference to that. And he's agreed, we've already reached out to him, in fact, and he's agreed that on hopefully not this week, but next week, he'll be able to join us. He, do, has, he does have a really, really important case that's up this particular week. So we'll, we'll wait to, um, to hear from him in relation to uh, exactly when he can come on. So fair enough. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I want to kick off a little bit of this discussion. I know we'll get interrupted in a way when Mr. Monroe comes on, but let me talk about this part of the conversation. And then we're going to dig into what the government has done and uh, what they have proposed for um, basically a, a relief package for the islands over the next couple months to help with some of the increase in cost of just surviving and living in this country. Um, hmm. I, I say this often, and I suppose I can't really stretch, stress it enough, that everybody thinks that solving the world's problems and even solving your own problems um, appear to be very um, simplistic, right? And uh, not only that, but people also think that um, they're an expert in these things. And I, I humble myself every single morning when I recognize the things that I do not know. We live in an amazing world that is really, really complex. And there are literally people who spend their entire lives studying one particular area, whether it's not even like, uh, it's not even, you know, it's, it's not even, um, like, like, let's say you're a lawyer, right? You can be a generalist, but really and truly people try to specialize. So there are people, they're lawyers who specialize in constitutional law. That is their specialty. That's what they know inside and out. And even then, they do not know everything. There are people who are economists, but they specialize in a particular aspect of the economy. There are people who are, um, maybe we've had an expert on here who's an expert on you, um, Russian, you know, history and in Russian, um, I forget her exact title, but, you know, there's a reason why folks, they have the opportunity to specialize in such particular areas of study. Mm -hmm. Yet we have everyone walking around in this country who's an expert in every single thing. To me, it is uh, interesting. It's uh, amusing at times. And then there are other times, quite frankly, when it is downright scary. It's downright scary because people who don't know everything, who don't even know much of anything, are the ones who are the most interesting self-proclaimed experts in the world. I see it on social media every day and all I do is just shake my head. Just because you have a platform and this applies to me equally as it applies to everybody else, except that I know that I don't know everything. I know that, listen, you have no idea 
how much I know that I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It is just amazing, though, how some people just have this attitude. And I'm going to give you some examples from over the discourse over the weekend where they know every friggin' thing under the sun. And I sit there and go, explain to me why you're unemployed if you're so, if you were so brilliant. Nobody wants your knowledge because it's actually crap is what it is. And so one thing I know a little bit of is I know people. And I know the selfishness that people come with, even to these discussions and the agendas that they have in relation to politics. And so we're going to be talking about a little bit of that this morning as well. It is amusing, but it's also very, very dangerous because there are others who sit back and who listen to these people who know nothing about nothing, who are pretending that they know everything about everything. And you, you eat it up. Oh, yeah, you cheer these people on. Oh, my God. This person is so smart. And yes, uh-huh, that, that's the right answer. They know what they're talking about. Yet, when you look at them and you look at what they have brought to the table their entire lives, in fact, their history says they don't know jack shit. <laughs> Can I just be frank with you all this morning? Sometimes I get a little bit annoyed by stupidity, right? And I get a little bit annoyed by the foolishness that we entertain in our brains because somebody said it. What, what makes that person any more qualified to say something than a high school kid? Everyone has a, a voice, I suppose, at the end of the day, and everybody has an opinion, that's for sure. And it doesn't mean that their opinion is worth the breath that's coming out of their air. It's just hot air. So I feel as though we all need to be a little bit more discerning. Remember, our old folks would say you got to be able to pick sense from nonsense. And I feel like the ability to pull, to pull this sense from nonsense is something that we as a people, I mean, human beings in general, have really, really lost. And that is why we are electing people who are straight up idiots in this country and around the world sometimes. Honest to God, I'm just like, what is wrong with us? Well, whoo, I'm going to talk about it this morning. And I don't, I'm not trying to offend people because I put myself in the exact same category. That's why I push myself to ask questions. That's why I push myself to try to educate myself. And I'm a little bit of a generalist in the sense that I do have to stand up on this program and I have to um, really make an effort, right, to ask questions about this, that, and everything so that I can bring it to you guys. My responsibility is bring you accurate information, having a discourse about that. Yes, I'm going to throw in my opinion. But the part of it that's my opinion, you, you can take it or leave it. But I really go above and beyond to ask questions, so that when that is done, you are getting accurate information. And I was just having a conversation yesterday with a friend in Cayman Brack, and I was saying to her, I said, you know, one of the biggest difference between this current government, the PAC government, and the previous administration, it has nothing to do with any level of like friendship or anything else, is that when I ask a question, I get an answer. And it makes my job exponentially easier. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you that. Right? So I go to the government and I say, listen, I have questions. 
The people have questions. The people are confused. Can you explain this to me? What does this mean? You know, why did you pick this option over that option? And so we're going to talk about all of those things uh, in this morning's conversation. But when you get answers, not that you're going to sit back and believe every single thing that people tell you, but at least you can say, I've done the research, I've asked the questions, and this is the information that is being provided. People just jump up and say all kind of stuff. It's like we have entered an era of social media doesn't help, I think. Let me not say it like that. Social media is helpful, but it also gives everybody a platform. And so just because someone has a platform doesn't mean they talk in any sense or they know what they're talking about or that you should really entertain them other than it's for entertainment purposes only. I see people saying stuff that I literally have to shake my head what is this person talking about? And they're self-proclaimed, oh yeah, I said it. We said it before about the fuel prices going up. Nobody want to believe us. You're a jackass. Who in the world, the agouti that crosses my yard every single morning could tell you that the damn fuel prices will be seeing no relief anytime soon. You didn't say anything earth shattering. <laughs> you said something that everybody in the world knows. What people were criticizing this individual about at the time that they posted on their platform is that they said, oh, on Monday, we're going to be paying $7.50 for fuel. And that was wrong. But you see how we're so quick to turn and twist the narrative? So now they're like, oh, yeah, I told you guys fuel prices were going up. No, donkey, jackass number one. That's actually not what you said. What you said something like, and this is an exact amount, I'm sure. But you said something to akin, uh, akin to, oh, on Monday, the prices are going to be $750 per gallon. And you were scaring people in the community when it wasn't even anywhere near that yet. There's a difference. So don't go around patting yourself on the back. Talk, oh, yeah, oh, you guys didn't want to believe me and I told you so. When that's not actually what you said. And only a fool would entertain you, and we have a lot of fools, I hate to tell you, in this community who are entertaining certain people. And when somebody has an agenda, folks, you got to really, really be careful. And there are people who maintain this agenda against the current PAC government, not because they're analyzing anything that the government has done and they're willing to be even remotely objective, but because it's all about hating on them just because their progressive government didn't get in. And so I'm here every single day trying to reset that balance. And you know what happens when I try to reset the balance? These same donkeys, and that's what I'm going to be calling them throughout the day, so don't get offended. They come out with this rhetoric that, oh, she's on the payroll. (laughs) I am so, listen, y'all better better hurry and tell me where this damn payroll is because somebody need to start Paying my bills in the pack government. If that's the case, oh, you must be on their payroll. I used to be more offended by it. And now it's just, it's the argument of low picking fruit. Now I'm like, that's the best you have. That's it. Oh, I'm on their payroll. That's, that right there shows your intellectual capacity. Because we can't talk about, we can't pick apart 
what they're saying and why they're saying it and, you know, critically analyze what they're proposing as solutions for this country. And because I'm, I'm in the business of news, I'm publishing stories that you may or may not like, all of a sudden you're, oh, you must be in the payroll. I'm going to tell you all something here in a second, because we need to talk about this story on Friday. I hope Melita's listening, because um, we need to really work out a couple things. Morning, Wee Wee, Marshall, back at home in North Carolina. Beautiful. Good morning, Miss Liddy, Miss Lily, praying for you this morning as always. Buenos dias, Miss Rita. Miss Gladys is watching us from Long Island, New York. What is the weather like in New York, by the way? Nice and sunshiny, hopefully. Miss Ravina is here. Good morning, Miss Emma. Good morning, Miss Beulah. Hopefully, you guys are now finding it on YouTube. Good morning to Miss Sue. She says, I see you now. Yeah, little glitch this morning. At Purvis, good morning. So good to see you. James joining us from Canada. The Prairies, nice. Um, Jonathan, pleasant good morning to you. Lovely color. You know what, Jonathan? I kind of switched it up a little bit. I don't normally layer my clothes, by the way. I'm not a layering kind of person. So I don't wear jackets and, you know, there's this whole concept of layering. But this morning I said, why not? Let's be different. Natasha, good morning. Magdalene, yes, don't worry. Oh, Magdalene, girl, you done know. We got that. We got it. Soon come. That's going to be loaded, locked and loaded. Um, I should be paying the news segment right now. And then Mr. Monroe will come on. Oh, Johan, you just hang tight because we got a lot to talk about. But the, some of the things I'm going to discuss this morning is a story that went up on Friday that had a little bit of an issue and the story had to be taken down. I'm going to explain that in, in detail because some of y'all get your little panties up in a bunch for absolutely no reason. Not everything is a conspiracy in this world. And those of you who go on and on and on about, oh, she must be in the payroll. Uh, I'm just like, listen, th that's if that really is the best that you have, because number one, it isn't true. And you just say that because the other idiots who have a little platform over there are saying it with zero evidence. And one of these days I'm going to take somebody on. They're going to end up in court. Well, we already did that one person. He don't he doesn't even show up to court. He think he still thinks that the proceedings are fake with his stupidity, right? But that's the best you have because I sit here every single morning, I talk to thousands of people and it makes sense to them. And it's not just about negativity and bashing the government. We bash them when we need to bash them. Trust me, we have some, some critical examples of how certain things, we are the only ones who are having the discourse. The government doesn't get a pass from me. I'm the first to tell you that I'm rooting for this government more than anybody else. But it's because I can tell you, despite what you all think and what you think you know, as someone who knows a little bit about the world of politics in Cayman, and I say a little bit because trust me when I tell you, there's still plenty there that I don't know. But I'm familiar with the players. I've been around a minute. One of the founding members of the Progressives Party. I was there in the trenches when these Johnny come lately who posting stuff up Allen's rear end. Because, oh, they love him like sliced bread. They don't know what they're talking. They don't even know. They were not there in the early days of the formation of this party. They don't know how we sat. Where's Denny this morning? Somebody trying to wake Denny up. They don't know how, how many hours me, Denny Warren Jr., Billy Adams, uh, progressive member number one, sat in the trenches trying to even develop a constitution for that party. That was everything the UDP wasn't. 
it was fair and balanced and, and based on procedure, all the things that we hoped a political party could be, which it, it no longer is, I was there. These people who are here say and want to be and, 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 you know, kiss my teeth uh, on Facebook and on social media posts and commentaries, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> they went at the turtle dinners. I know I wasn't at all of them, honey, chill. But I, I slammed enough dominoes on these tables with these guys to get a little bit of insight into their personality. And some of them are political leaders, but they're narcissists. Some of them are political leaders, but they're thieves. Some of them are political leaders, but they're womanizers. They're women beaters. Some are even child molesters. Y'all want to, I know it's Monday morning. You might be Sandy. Whew, I can't take this hot tea this morning. Well, get it ready. Because y'all got me in a mood. And y'all know what happened when I get to the mood. Mm, mm, mm. So, you know, I have a little bit exposure to what's going on. And a lot of people in this community have an agenda. The only reason some people speak out about issues is because they know they're expecting a payday in three years time when it's time, election time again. And they want to try to position themselves where somebody's listening to them and they can go to the progressive and say, oh, look, we have 5,000 followers. Um, you want to live stream your stuff on our platform? They're trying to make money. So Debbie, Broderick, and others, and I'm going to call out some names here this morning, I would caution you, don't approach me with no BS on a good day. Don't come to me talking about if I'm on somebody's payroll, because if y'all really want to know who's on whose payroll, we might have to go there. I'm not the one out there putting fake narratives in the public and, 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 you know, calling the premier of this country all kind of nasty names just because I'm trying to coax and curry favor with the other party so that I can have uh, supposedly a platform during election time where I can try and charge big dollars so they'll advertise with me. You think that's my end goal? Wake up. Nobody has me on the payroll. Y'all don't even know how I make my money. You don't even know. Somebody said to me the other day, oh, you know, you must be making all kind of advertising and stuff now. I'm like, I still get that people don't even understand what I do and, and how I have managed to position myself with uh, CMR. You know, people actually pay me because I do know a little bit of something, something. So I have consulting contracts and I don't have any with the progressive government, but if they want me as a consultant, hello, ring me, ring, ring. That's a joke in case you're not that up to speed. And so the vast majority of my money is actually from being a consultant to people. Because they say, oh, wow, Sandy does have her pulse on what's happening around the place. And sometimes we actually want her opinion. And we want some guidance. And we want, we want her to have these honest and open discussions about different things. Low hanging fruit. It's easy to say to me, oh, you're on somebody's payroll. But the truth of the matter is, the people who are hoping to cash in during the next election, it's so obvious. Even my five-year-old, if she took a look at it, it would be like, mm, mommy. Is this what's going on here? Yes, that's what's going on. 
I wasn't born this size. When I was in the trenches, y'all wasn't nowhere to be found. And so when I talk about how incredibly disappointed I am in certain players, y'all have to know that I speak the truth. Let me, tell, let me tell you the difference between people with some degree of political character. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to get into the personal business, right? Because we all know a lot of them lacking in that department, and I'm not going to go there. But let me say this much. Like I said, as someone who is a founding member, I haven't been particularly happy with what I've seen the progressives do. And you know when it started, I actually stepped away from the progressives years ago. I, ironically enough, I stepped away at the time because I was going to be doing my other talk show, The Cold Hard Truth. And I said to them, I'm taking on this role as a talk show host. And in that role, although you guys are the party that I'm riding for, it definitely wasn't UDP. I said, you know, at the end of the day, I have to be fair and impartial and I have to be prepared to call a spade a spade. So the right thing for me to do is to not have any political affiliations. So yes, everybody knows I was writing with the progressives, but let me officially resign. I spoke to Alden at the time and we had a conversation about it. Everybody knew why I was resigning and I resigned. And then over the years, I saw this party develop into something. And I'll, I'll give you one example. I was actually there when this happened. Um, Denny, uh, you know, will know this. Other progressive members who are willing to be honest will know this. Uh, Billy Adams, I'm sure, remembers this. There was a meeting held when they were changing over from the leadership from Mr. Kurt Tibbetts to um, Alden McLaughlin. The Constitution specifically says how that process should happen. I can't remember if it's an extraordinary general meeting, whatever. People come, people vote. So everyone knew at the time that it was vying between um, uh, Mr. East End. Uh, Gosh, how quickly we forget. Um, oh, Lord. Help me out with the East End, the former East End MP. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Him. <laughs> It'll come to me in a second here. And, um, and Alden McLaughlin. Arden McLean and Alden McLaughlin. That's who it was down to, right? And other people could be nominated and put their, their hat in the ring. So we were supposed to have this general vote and then, you know, take it from there. What Alden did, Alden and Kurt Tibbetts, is they actually went behind Arden's back and they started telling key members in the party, you need to support Alden. Don't vote for Arden. And they did all kind of matter of whatever, gossip spreading and whatever about why you don't want Arden, Alden, sorry, no Arden, oh my God, as a leader. So they actually tampered with the process because that's not how it was supposed to happen. And pretty much Alden knew going into that vote, and I'm using that term very, very, very loosely, that he was going to be the one to get nominated to be the next leader of the party. That's not how the constitution is supposed to work. So they use the political constitution and bend the rules when they feel like it, when it's going to benefit them. Why, why even have a constitution? What's the point? Why have a process if you're going to just make up shit as you go along? So I didn't like that. And it has nothing to do about me liking Arden versus Alden because at the time, I'm like, whatever. 
I could see the benefits of, you know, Alden, they say is a bit more refined and he's this and he's that, but Alden come, uh, Arden, you know, comes with a certain degree of uh, <laughs> unpolished truthfulness that a lot of people would appreciate. But when you can do something like that, with the constitution of a party, that people like myself and others stayed up all kind of hours into the night, wasting my friggin' time, far as I'm concerned now, working on a constitution and a document that's supposed to govern how the process works within your political party. And you do that kind of foolishness. I started to say to myself, how are you any better than the UDP? You're not any better. You're cut from the same cloth, in fact. You're just trying to pretend. You're trying to come across as polished. And I don't like pretenders. I don't like dishonest people. Right? If you're a thief, just step up to the plate and say, I'm a thief. I'm going to steal you blind. I can respect the truth. <laughs> you know, you're a cheater. Just come with it. At least we know what we're dealing with. But when you have people who want to sit down and pretend that they're one thing when they're not, it really gets under my skin. I'm not for it. So in a moment like that, I, you know, I need to really step back from this party because this is not what this party is supposed to be about. So of course I stepped back. And I remember um, when the current premier, Wayne Panton, started to play a more pivotal role in the party. In fact, his initial role, as I recall it, and again, I'm not saying I have all the details, but his initial role was when he supported the questioning of the constitution. Remember when, um, you guys, listen, you gotta start remembering some facts now, you know. Remember when John John and um, Mark Scotland won the seats in Bodentown? So this is still when we had four seats, or was it three seats in Bodentown? I think it was four seats in Bodentown. And um, they did not file their declarations on time. And there was a number of people who constitutionally challenged them one of those people was me, because when you do a constitutional challenge, the party can't say, oh, the progressives is going to be constitutionally challenging. No, it has to be individuals. So really, we stepped up to the plate on behalf of the progressives government. So all these Johnny come lately is who trying to, like I said, curry favorite Alden, who've made no sacrifices for this party. I don't even want to hear from you because you don't know nothing. And I'm telling you, you don't know anything about this party. And you know even less about Alden, except you want a paycheck from him. And anybody, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but it was me, Denny Warren. I can't remember. There's a third person who was named in the lawsuit. And right now I can't even remember who that person was. We put our names on the line, which means that we could have been facing a cost order if we lost. And constitutionally, we did lose because, you know, they got all kind of fancy like how they did with the um, Tar Rivers judgment. Oh, well, yeah, she was kind of technically a student, but not really, but let's not really go down that back. It's like, what? So they had missed the deadline, but it was like, ah, uh, you're not gonna really hold them to the letter of the law. Now they didn't seek a cost, cost order, but had they, that could have been, I mean, I can't remember if they hired a QC or not, but you know, it can be a lot of money to hire lawyers. The premier was the one who gave the progressives government that money to constitutionally challenge that situation. 
Wayne Panton started to, he was still a partner, as far as I can recall, at Walker's. He started to get into politics. You know when? When we had the mass status grants. He again funded that legal challenge. He's like, there's no way that we have done the right thing here. The way in which those statuses were given away, he challenged. Also sought to close the loophole so that never happened again. Wayne and I go back, listen, we not know bosom, not know bosom buddies as, as some of y'all might think. I don't even know if I've actually ever been inside the man's house. I know we've sat on the patio and had a couple conversations. It's not that type of a relationship, but it has been over the years, the type of the relationship where I could call Wayne Panton. I could say to him, X, Y, Z, what do you think? And this was before, again, he even entered politics, but I'm telling you in the early days, this is kind of how he started to get involved in issues concerning this country. Now, when he came full on and I guess became a member of the progressives, I actually wasn't in, in it at all. I was done with them, <laughs> you know? And I must tell you, when Wien got in with the progressives, I saw a personality, a side of his personality that I hadn't seen. Now, everybody has the potential to be a little bit of a narcissist, of not the nicest person. You know, we're all complicated individuals. And I felt like the more he hung out with progressive leadership and became part of that leadership, the more he exhibited those types of personality traits. So I remember listening to him on the radio and him saying things, even when he was passing this, um, you know, funny enough, I came across the email the other day, I sent him one scathing email, honey child. Y'all think my mouth joining anything. This is back in, oh God, I'd have to go and look at the dates, but I want to say like 2012 or something, but I sent Wayne Panton one email. He must've read that and said like, oh, what B got in her bonnet. And I told him no uncertain terms. Don't be thinking that you can take food off of my frigging plate. In no uncertain terms, this was in relation to the, um, oh, Lord, what's it called? The, the legislation for copywriting. And he was on the radio like, oh, all these little businesses that do this and do that, you know, they're going to just have to find something else to do. And I said, you know, I hate when people say that because to me that comes from people who've never had a day in their life making any sort of sacrifice or going without food on your table, not knowing how to pay your bills. It's easy for you to say the little mom and pop shop that makes a couple of dollars off a of bootleg DVDs or whatever, they must just find something else to do. Yeah, it is that easy. It's that easy when you're privileged in life and when you come from a certain echelon in society. I'm going to be very honest with you. Even last week when I hear people in Beach Bay saying certain things, I'm like, y'all don't know what it is to actually go with food, do you? Go without food. You don't know what it is to have no idea how you're going to pay your bills, to miss a mortgage payment, to actually be afraid of losing your home. Y'all don't have a clue. And it does get under my skin because even if you've not experienced it yourself, you have to have some degree of empathy and understanding, especially when you're in a political position. So at that time, what I saw exhibited by uh, Mr. Wayne Panton, I sent him a message and said, hold on a second. Did I just hear you correctly on the radio this morning when you said this in a certain tone of voice? Do you know how that comes across to us? 
Now, I don't recall him replying to that email. I sent it to Alden, to him and everybody else in the government at the time. I don't think anybody replied because that's what that government did. They just ignored you. So, you know, things went on. And then when he decided to run this last time, I can't remember who reached out, but we had a conversation. And he actually said, you know, Sandy, what happened? Because, you know, we had a good relationship. You could call me on the phone. And I remember when um, when the police came about, hand over this dog. My first phone call, it was like phone, phone a legal friend. My first phone call was to Wayne. I'm like, oh my God, the police are here and they're saying that I stole this dog. I didn't steal the dog. What should I do? And he's like, ooh, honey, Chad, this one's a little bit outside my remit. He didn't do criminal law. He's like, hmm. Then I call, I call Margaret Ramsey, Miss Margaret. She's like, Sandra, you keep that dog. You're not stealing no dog. Tell him to prove it. Lord, did I know that's where all the troubles would begin with the police. <laughs> so we had a conversation, an honest conversation about what happened. And I told him, I said, listen, I didn't like the person I saw you becoming or that side of you when you were hanging out with Alden McLaughlin. Now, I don't know how it happened. Sometimes you can be a good person and the people that you are surrounding yourself with bring out that side of you. It's kind of like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, right? What a dysfunctional, hot mess of a situation. Every time I would turn it on, I'd watch these two people. I would say to myself, but geez, I'm peace. Some people should never get together. It's like the universe does not never met for Amber Heard and Johnny Depp to come together. Toxic relationships can come from normal people. Y'all listen to me carefully. You can be a good person. You could be, you could have a relationship with somebody else that's good. Like I'm not going to castrate Amber Heard and said she'll never have a decent relationship again. I'm sure she has redeeming qualities. I think what happened was whatever it was about her and Johnny, they, Johnny Depp, they brought out the worst in each other. She's crazy and he's crazy. And sometimes you take crazy and you put it together and you get a whole bag of extra crazy. Real hot mess. And I do believe that's why you have to know your personality and you have to know that certain people you just stay the hell away from. I've been there. People are like, Sandy, you were a little bit crazy in this situation. I'm like, yeah, could this person just, mm. you got to recognize it and you got to step away from the situation. And that's kind of what I feel happens to Alden. He brings out a different side of people. And I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to be mean to Alden. I think Alden has some redeeming qualities without a doubt. Here's a lot about him that I probably, that I for sure don't like. But I do kind of feel like there was so much going on in that progressives government, right? That you had, you had to be that person. <laughs> you had to be the narcissist in order to compete and to get along and, you know. And then I think at some point, we and Panton started to realize that Alden didn't care about him. Alden wasn't his friend, actually as he might have thought. It was all about, oh, you're the money bag for the party. You got money, so we're gonna use you. $100,000 in a 2017 election, and he still loses. And um, 
That's, that's what Alden does best. He'll use you and discard you. Carla says, just another CMR crazy Monday. What a hot mess. I'm giving y'all a hard, cold truth dose this morning. A little extra dose of truth. And so, yes, he used the man. I think at some point, even Wayne Panton himself had to step back and realize that he's being used for his money. Y'all don't think that this election, that man wasn't approached about, oh, run with us. Poor Alva, another collateral damage of this government. They didn't want Alva. They didn't go to Alva first. Y'all not telling me. I'm telling you. They went to Wayne first. Come, come back into the fold. Because they were looking at them dollar dollar bills, yo. And Ween said, mm, no thanks. And you know anybody who says no to Alden, he not gonna like you. You pissing the man off now. Narcissists don't like you, tell him no. They don't really want you to have a mind of your own. They just want you to fall in line. And that is the biggest difference. I was saying this to someone again, and um, a friend who lives in Cameron Brack, and I said, you know, that's the biggest difference for me between this government and that government. And so I am a little bit insulted when you guys don't have the brain power, some of you, to get it. When you're talking about, oh, she's on the payroll. It's not about being on the payroll. It's about two things. If I say to this PAC government, I have a question, and here's my question, and there's more than one person in the government that I can go to to try and get an answer, right? If they can't answer it, they're going to just say, uh, Sandy, we can't say that. We can't answer that question. If they can't answer it, which is probably the vast majority of things I ask, I'm not asking for any nuclear weapon codes here. They're simply going to give me the answer. You know how many questions we would have submitted over the years to the progressive government and you get ignored? That is why during the election, eight weeks out when they sent somebody begging me to let them advertise in CMR, I said, hell no. I thought about it because, you know, everybody could use ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 in the coffers to pay the bills. We all got pills to pay. And then I said, Sandy, this is one of those defining moments in your life, right? Where you need to pick now, what kind of person are you really? Is it about the money and paying your bills and putting food on your table? And I've got people who are saying, this is just business. Take the money. Even people in this current government, Sandy, you got to feed your family too. This is just business. And I thought about it. Like on the one hand, it is just business. But not all money is good money. When you have someone who has, for years, degraded your news platform, got in the legislative assembly where they have complete immunity, Tell boldface lies that OCMR doesn't even have a license. I don't, to this day, I don't know what the hell Alden was talking about. But the fact that he would even say that and put that misinformation out in the public domain and how people question not just my business ethics, but even my common sense, like I'm going to be operating in any jurisdiction without following the law, without having a license. Like, are you kidding me? Now, eight weeks out from a general election, I must help you and your candidates with exposure by getting on my platform. They wanted to take over the entire Cayman Decides website with all of their candidates. I had, I had the little angel on this side and the CMR devil on this side. 
and and I think in this case they were reversed. <laughs> the angel was like, "Oh, Sandy, be nice. Just take the money. You're providing a service. You know, whatever." And the devil is like, "I'm gonna slap you from here to East End, West Bay, and all the way back if you talk if you do this." Because this is a man who was prepared to take, not prepared, attempted to take food off of your table. This is a business, this is a business after all. I've always said that CMR is a passion and not a paycheck, but it is still a business. And he was lying on your business in the legislative assembly, doing all this kind of stuff, refusing to answer your questions, wouldn't invite you to a press conference, everything he could do to keep you under his thumb to send a message that you ain't nobody. Because that's, that's where he comes from. You ain't nobody. And because you ain't nobody, this is how he's going to try to treat you. And if he could do it to me, he could do it to anybody. And so I thought about it and I said, no, I'm not going to play with you. I'm going to set the rules here, not you. So take your money and keep on walking. That's the difference. Right? The difference is this government will answer questions. That previous government ignored you guys so much. Now, some of y'all have convenient amnesia. You don't even remember what happened last week. But, oh, the, the progressive government was better than this one. Somebody said this to me last week. Well, they didn't exactly say that, but they're like, oh, this government get voted out. I said, get voted out for who? You're going to bring back in the progressives who actually put you in the situation that you're in now? Come again? I said, start to pick some sense from nonsense. Honestly. What, what, what's the end game? <laughs> I am willing to give them a chance. This is, this is the difference with me. I am willing to give them a chance knowing that they're just in there for a year now, right? And I'm going to talk about this morning some of the things that they have actually managed to accomplish. Give them a chance. Give them an opportunity. Oh, gosh. You have to forgive me. I'm sitting here in the back of my head wondering why um, Mr. Monroe has not come on the show. And it has occurred to me that since I had to restart the stream, I need to restart my link. But, child, it's probably best that he don't come today anyway because... Mm -mm -mm. He might be ready for this kind of fire we got going on here. Um, I'm going to get into some of the details of, of what this government is trying to do in this moment. But suffice it to say, not everyone that has an opinion, that has a platform, should be given the same amount of, I don't want to say, respect isn't the right word, but they shouldn't be given the same amount of weight, right? That's just like if an economist comes in this program and they start talking the economy, you give them more weight than you give me. I'm just messaging our guests. Um,
And this is how you should do it, right? I would never tell you that I'm an economist, that I have all the answers, and that I know anything about anything. I am trying to learn, and some of y'all would do best trying to learn yourselves. So when the government announced on Friday, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna play their announcement, what the premier actually said. It is a super interesting that they have come up with this particular solution. I had to think about it and thought, why this solution over other options? So there are people who are like, oh, um, they should have invested in solar. Yes, because number one, you're a solar expert. So you should know. And number two, you're an economist. It's so easy to throw out these, what's the word I want to use? Um, catchphrases, right? You just throw them out there. Solar, the environment, sustainability. Ooh, they sound so nice and fancy, chill. Those of you who said, and I'm going to go back to the actual comments, invest in solar. What do you know about solar? Do you have solar yourself? Have you been through the process? Do you know what it takes? Do you anything about it? I doubt it. That's why I shake my head when y'all be saying some of the foolishness that y'all be saying. Let's correct something here. On Friday, I was driving kind of minding my own business, child. I had a lot going on on Friday. And I got a phone call. I'm going to tell y'all exactly what time. Because, you know, sometimes you just got to give the cold, hard facts. And the truth is the truth. I don't have a reason to lie about anything. Somebody just said transparency. Yes, I believe in some transparency, y'all. I got a phone call um, at 4.38 p.m. from Melita Ebanks. Melita, I got to put you on the, on the spot this morning because you're part of the cold, hard truth. And, that you know, I'm going to give you credit. So she called me and I missed the call at 4.38 I returned her call at 4.53. I was actually in the middle of something, yeah? I think I was dropping someone off to go pick up their vehicle. So I called her back at 4.43, 4.53, my apologies, when I had a little bit of privacy in the car, and I said, hey, girl, what's up? Sandy, um, this article that y'all put up, put up, this is not right, blah, 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 blah. and I was like, what? I don't even know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? She said, y'all just put up an article about um, the uh, civil servants getting this thing. And I was like, okay, I didn't write the article, believe it or not. I'm the only person, I'm not the only person writing on the website folks. So I didn't write the article. I don't know what you're talking about, but from what I got from her, there was an issue with, um, and I, I got, I got really go hard with the cold hard truth this morning, y'all. Cause I ain't got nothing to hide. Y'all like, Oh, maybe she's on the payroll. Don't be insulting Mina. Cause I will, I will slap you with the truth. So I, um, I'm going to go, I'm playing on some voice notes this morning. I got put, if I put your business that day, I put my own business. Hold on. So I was like, okay, I don't know what this is all about, but, um, you know, clearly there's an issue here. Okay. So I then I said to her, I said, all right, let me. Because I hadn't listened to the premiere. I wasn't listening to the LA. So I didn't know the source of what the issue was. 
She's just like, oh, there's all these comments on Facebook about the civil service. And, blah, blah, blah. and I was like, all right, let me, let me, let me reach out to Renee. Renee is the person who does her writing. So this is what I say to her. I message her at 4.53. Now I told y'all I just called back Melita at 4, 4.53 and I messaged Renee at 4.55. Two, two minutes later, I guess it was a short conversation. No, actually 2.53, my apologies. Ooh, that mean I, that mean I was talking and messaging at the same time, child. So I said, hey, um, someone's saying the article is wrong. Um, something about the premiere. Hold on a second now. Let me see if I can still remember how to pull out my screen. Because once again, I don't want y'all to think that I'll be making anything up. One thing, you can call me a lot of things in this world. Believe me, go, go at it. But don't you ever call me a liar. Unless you have some good, very good proof. Because I go out of my way. Uh, what what is the name of this app again that can show you my screen? I can't even remember what it is now. But I go out of my way to ensure that I do not lie. You know, Aunt Lottie used to say nothing worse than a liar, child. And she always used to tell me, a liar and a thief go hand in hand. And so I do my best to not lie, whether it's in my personal life, my business life, even on this show. It's called the cold hard truth for a reason. Big shout out to Dr. Sydney, who actually helped get the name for the show. He came up with the name idea. Oh, I can't even remember the name of this thing now, but there, there's an app that I could show you my screen, but y'all gonna just have to take my word for it. So I, I messaged her and I said, um, hey, at 4.53, someone is saying the article is wrong about the premiere said and she, she replies at 4.54 and says, what exactly? I said that it says something about it's only for civil servants. And then she replies back, he said civil servants, grade E and below. And I said, did you um, clip the video? Because I keep telling my people, now y'all know I'll be managing a, 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 a business. And I keep telling them that what you need to do is clip the video. So the premier says X extract that section of his speech and put it in the damn story. That way y'all don't have no, listen, you can't say, did CMR quote him right? Did you get it right? You can sit there and listen to it for yourself. Because I know just like me, nobody ain't got no time to listen to six hours of the legislative assembly. That just ain't how it works. So I said to her, I said, these people getting on my nerves because there's something wrong with the story. And I'm asking you, did you clip it? She responds and says, no, I was watching some video to use to see how, but I didn't get to do it. And I said, in that case, send the link to Kevin. I know how to do it, but I'm not by the computer. Kevin Watland knows how to do it. Misha knows how to do it. Send it to one of us so we can clip it for you. We have to upload it to YouTube because the size of the, listen, we can help you do this part until you start to do it yourself. She says, okay. And I said, these people are getting on my nerves, but our story has to be accurate. I want y'all to listen to my voice note, Nayana. Here is what I then voice note her and I said, and this is why I'm not, I'm not trying to pick on Debbie this morning, but do not ever say foolishness to me about, oh, are you on their payroll? Don't come for me unless you have the truth. Okay? I take it very, very seriously when you question my integrity. 
If I was on the progressive payroll, I'd be happy to stand here and tell you every single day I'm on the progressive payroll. You got a problem with that? You just upset because you're not on the payroll. Don't do it. Because all you're trying to do by throwing out this little snippet, oh, are you on the payroll? You're trying to insult me at the core of who I am. And I would advise you not to do it. Because y'all know when I get in a moment, that Georgetown from down in the east coming out, the Mac Field side, the family coming out, and y'all not gonna like it. Okay? So listen very carefully to what I said to Renee. At this point, now I'm starting to get a little bit annoyed that this is even an issue. Hold up. Let me turn up the volume. Hold on. The servants who are getting it, he said people are going on and on about, but they're saying that it's not that the article's wrong, that it's not civil servants who are getting it. He said everybody's going to be getting this $150. So I don't know because obviously I've not, I did not even read the article and I certainly have not, um, I haven't listened to the LA proceedings. So this is again, like I said to the person, I said, well, maybe he did say that about civil servants. I don't think that you would have gotten that wrong, but obviously if, if the story and if he said that the entire island, because he said over 22,000 people would be getting this assistance. If that is the case, that's the bigger story than civil servants getting it. You know what I mean? So this is where you've got to, I guess, really just be careful with what, um, what, you're, what you're writing and what the, what the story is, because it's providing assistance for um, the people of the Cayman Islands for electricity, that's the big story. It's not, oh, civil servants are also getting help because they would be included in the 22,000 people that are getting help. That's the other reason why you um, ensure that you put the, the video clip in there so that people are able to listen to it for themselves. Because maybe that is a story. And there is another story as well, I'm not really sure about everybody else getting the assistance, but you put the video clip in there so that people can see it for themselves in terms of what he said, because this woman is claiming that she listened to the proceedings three times and she never heard him say that. Okay. At a point, and I missed that, but I didn't, that's what I heard. So I'm gonna go back and see. Actually just trying to pick DJ up from school, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I oftentimes, especially with the LA proceedings, have people like, oh, well, I didn't hear him say that. But normally the proceedings are so long that it is very easy to miss um, certain things. You know what I mean? I just clip it and put it in and say, here you go. Read the article if you want. If you don't, listen to what he said. Um, but you can always ask Kevin. I've been on the road quite a bit today, but both Kevin and Misha know how to clip videos. So if you need help doing that, you can always ask them to help you do it just tell them send them the link and tell them which um which part you want snipped all right so she then responded and said okay just went back and realized that i did miss the part about residents will change the story this was my response to her be careful with these proceedings because a lot of times you have to listen to it a bit more holistically um i would actually take the story down um, off the social media pages because of course I'm hearing that there's all sorts of commentary about it so take it down and put it up and just say correction and put the full story whatever it is now so I recommended to her in that moment to actually put in the word that it's a correction but here here was her response to that so all of what I had before is still correct 
Hold on, sorry. But I mean, one second. Um. So do I do I need to say correction? Because what I have before is not wrong. It's just that I didn't mention the part about citizens. So all of what I had before is still correct. The bigger story is that, I mean, I understand what you're saying, that it's not that it was wrong, but it was incomplete in the sense that he said more than that. So the thing is, this is kind of a tough one now because do you do a second story where you actually talk about, did he say anything else? I mean, what? there's probably more of a story here then in terms of what other relief that he's going to be offering people, right? Or, I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't listened to it. So you tell me, because if you just amend the story, that doesn't change what people are saying on social media. What they're seeing on there is the headline that says civil servants, but it's not just civil servants. It is, you know, so I feel like what you probably should do is do a completely separate story so that it stands out on its own. Because if you just change that article now, it'll get lost in what's already out there because I don't know how long that's been up, but it's been up long enough for people to be having this discussion. Like it needs to be maybe another story that you do. Talk about, you know, what government, because what else does he say um, in there? Can you do another story? Does it make sense to do another story? I mean, I guess you have to tell me really. I'm, I'm about 10 minutes or less from home. <coughs> Sorry, go ahead and send me <clears throat> the clip, um, the section, and let me see if I can clip it out as well. Because maybe you do a second story and you put the clip in there. All right, so at that point, folks, she already had deleted <laughs> the Facebook story entirely. And because what happens is, and this again, if you don't post stuff on a website and then put it in Facebook, you don't understand. But Facebook actually grabs the title of your story. So even if you go into the story and you change it, the title, the preview title, all that stuff on Facebook does not change. And 90% of you don't read. So you're not going to click on it again and reread it if you did even the first time, if you're in the 10% that actually read. Everybody's just looking at the headline. So the headline said something about, oh, civil servants getting this, this break or whatever. I didn't actually see it. So I'm still driving, picking up my daughter, trying to get home. And she said, oh, I just took it off of, off of Facebook. Because now she has to change the title and everything else. And for Facebook to grab the correct title, she has to repost it. Now she's added what he said about the 22,000 people in this country, not just the benefit to the civil servants. How did she miss it? I don't know. We're all human. And I keep telling her, especially because she doesn't live in Cayman. She doesn't get politics and how stupid some people get with it. I said, make sure when we're listening to LA proceedings or even a press conference, we get it exactly what was said. I cannot stress enough because everyone is looking to politicize this. Oh, well, Sandy said this. And oh, the government only thinking about civil servants. Meanwhile, that was an incomplete story. So that was our mistake. As the owner of the business, I take full responsibility for that. Renee doesn't pay attention to social media. So she put up the story. She's a young mother. She's got a six-month-old child. She's busy. So she did not even know the firestorm that was happening. I didn't know the firestorm that was happening because those of you who think I have time to sit down and read your comments and, oh, you're deleting my comments. Get a life.
Nobody has time for that. If you're, if you're breaking any of our rules, and we don't have too many of them, but if you are breaking them, you simply get blocked these days. I don't got time to be sitting there deleting individual comments. And so a few of you have made this accusation before, and you continue to try to make it, oh, my comment was deleted. I'm going to invite you to try to learn how to use Facebook. Number one. And number two, to understand that we have a policy of not deleting comments because nobody's even reading your comments. I'm not reading it. The page administrators are not reading your comments. All six of us ain't got time to be reading your comments. Now, if someone brings to my attention that, oh, this person is, you know, using excessive profanity, they're harassing people, they're doing this and that, that's different. I have people, oh, you know, this person made a comment, it hurt my feelings. I'm like, listen, this is not kindergarten. I'm not here to try to protect your feelings. If you want your feelings protected, don't be on social media. That's the God's honest truth. Because people can be brutal and people are going to say what they want. So when we have Jeffrey, oh, I see William Levy's here. Good, William, because I want to address you specifically. So Jeffrey says, weird how CMR keeps deleting my comments that question PAC and their initiatives. William and Jeffrey, listen to me very, very carefully. I have never deleted a comment from either of you. I don't even know who you are. Now I know in your self-importance, you think I know who you are and that I give a damn. Let me assure you, I don't. So whatever you have said, I don't care. <laughs> Let me be very, very frank. You're entitled to your opinion, whether it's correct or not, it's your opinion. Post up whatever you want. Now there is a line, and I don't know if you guys have ever crossed the line because I'm not really reading what you're posting and what you're saying. So Jeffrey, whoever you are, Jeffrey Rankin, you're thinking too much of yourself. That I deleted your comment. Nobody deleted your comment. What ended up happening is Renee took down the entire story. And this demonstrates your lack of understanding. Because quite frankly, if you had refreshed your Facebook feed, you would see that it was no longer there for you to respond to. But I saw the screenshot that you posted where it says, this isn't available. You think it was just a comment that was taken down. Come on, folks. It was the entire post because she was trying to fix it. Debbie says, perhaps you need to hire a writer and command. Debbie, I wish that that was easy as you have written it here. Trust me. We put out a call to hire someone here to do some additional stuff, going to court, doing some of the LA proceedings. People who've never written in their lives are like, mm, yeah, I don't really know how to write. Can you send us a sample? No, because I've never written anything before. So you want to be a writer in CMR because of what? Renee has experience writing for regional in Jamaica, in Barbados. She's written before. And we need someone with writing experience. So yes, yeah, she doesn't always have the K-Man context. And sometimes that's actually a really good thing that she doesn't. She doesn't appreciate how people are going to get all up in their feelings about this article. Who are you taking down my comment? She's like, what's wrong with these people? I'm just like, chill. Caymanians are unique. That's all I can tell you. So no one is taking down your comment. William told me he's experiencing the exact same thing. William, where can you show that we have ever taken down a comment from you? So William says, but it's a legitimate question, not an accusation. You're insulted. No one throws assault around more than yourself. 
Let me tell you what insults me at William. You're paying attention now because you need to listen to what I'm actually saying. Based on this comment, you're not listening. I said what I'm insulted by is people who make an accusation with zero foundation and truth. Who accuse me of being in a payroll when it isn't true. That's not a legitimate question. That is a stupid, low-hanging fruit, low-hanging on the branch kind of question. It has no foundation in truth. Let me ask you a question. When you see Cayman here say attack all of this, all of this current government and saying all kind of foolishness about them, that isn't, isn't even remotely based in fact, calling the premier names like, hold on a second now. I want to know if you guys are asking them whose payroll they're on. So when he says things like, um, rather than him try assure the people that he'll try to keep the prices down, this motherfucker, and this is exactly what he said, excuse my language, just mofo, saying outright that he's going along with things and just like them do as they please. You tell me, have you asked him whose payroll he's on? I'm just curious. It's not a legitimate question at all. And the people who have said it are the likes of people like him and Mario who are just upset because they're on nobody's payroll. Because that's kind of how they got where they are because they're used to being on somebody's payroll and that's no longer happening. So they're like, ooh, if I'm not in the payroll, who are they paying these days? Must be Sandy because she's speaking sense. So I didn't even know when you guys are going on and about deleting your comments. I don't even know what comments you're talking about. It wasn't until um, Debbie Broderick then said, oh, it's this post about the civil servants, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm like, oh, oh, look like she deleted her comments. Did she delete her comments? Hold on. Where's her comment? Did she delete it? It's not even there anymore. What? She deleted her comment after I did that long ass response. Come on now. Where's her comment? It says most relevant. Let me do all comments because maybe I'm missing it. Cameron, William, it says seven other comments. Oh, there she is. So she says, yes, the post yesterday about civil servants receiving an honorarium for three months of $150 to assist with utility bills, but no mention of anyone else being assisted was removed and all the comments also because I commented and the whole post is nowhere to be found. Is CMR on their payroll just disgusting, shameful? I don't even understand what Debbie's talking about. So because the post was removed, all of a sudden the question is, are you on their payroll? Explain to me how that makes any sense. What does that mean? What was the article that was taken down Favorable to them, not favorable to them? Well, you think somebody would be on their payroll? Debbie, I would really like to understand your logic here because I'm not getting it. How do you go from the article was removed, which it was, to put up a more accurate and complete article, right? To say, is CMR in the payroll? What does that have to do with the article being removed? A new article was posted and all of you are free to have your moment where you go back at the government and you say, because 
you're part of the um what, what's it what's it called again Caymanians against everything all you have is negative commentary nothing else so it doesn't care what this government does some of y'all salty because you got five votes and you didn't get elected and you're still in your feelings William you keep going on and on about a park in it's not even prospect that's in Red Bay but you keep attacking the prospect MP about it because you just don't like her as though this park is the only thing that's important because every single time we put up something about Sabrina, here you come about this damn park that, by the way, has been a hot mess for 10, 12, 15 years. We don't see you commenting on Progressive page or asking Alden why he never fixed the park in his jurisdiction. Some of y'all are so obvious with your prejudices that it's just ridiculous. There are people who come on here every single day and say all manner of foolishness. They don't get their comments deleted and they don't get blocked. Everton, good morning. <laughs> He's uh, Everton says, good morning, Sandy. Please don't delete me when I come into the traffic accident. The drivers has to do better. Chill. Mm-mm-mm. He, uh, so William says, you're so full of it. If the post is gone, the comment is gone. So you can explain that. William. I need you to use a little bit of common sense here. Had I realized before reading Deborah's comment that that's what y'all were going on about, because you didn't specify. You, Nur, your um, little co-friend here, Jeffrey said what this was all about. So I'm like, why do you guys think that people, and according to both of you, oh, this happens to me all the time. That's a bold-faced lie. We do not go around removing comments all the time. That simply is not true. Where's Cameron? Is Cameron here this morning? Y'all should know that that isn't true. Some of y'all say the most ridiculous stuff all the time, anti-everything, including the PAC government. Go at it. You're entitled to your opinion. It's, it's worth the keyboard that you're typing on. Happy? I mean, I'm not really sure how that helps. Now here, now here, William, he's telling me I must calm down because uh, he don't watch hearsay, but I obviously do. William, the point is this. You seem to think that you're connected in terms of what's happening in this country. You, you have an opinion and you want to share it with people. The new post that went up, you were free to comment a million times if you wanted to. Share all of your opinions. It doesn't change the facts. And what we're going to talk about for the latter half of this program, folks, are the facts, what the government has proposed. And let's talk about some of your alternatives. So those of you who are like, oh, why didn't they do solar? Why didn't they do this? Yes, we are going to, since you're all experts and you're in the solar industry, we're going to take your uh, recommendations and dissect them and talk about why that doesn't work. There is a reason why People become professionals and study a particular area. And there's a reason why we need to listen to the experts a lot of times. Because we all believe we know what's going on. Now we have Mr. Duke Monroe who's joining us this morning. I know Mr. Duke is sitting there going, Lord have mercy. Why um, <laughs> am I on this morning? So um, William says, I told you I didn't like her. William, your obsession with the park and continually blaming the minister for why this park has never been fixed 
is just, it's something you've said at least five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 times now. Oh, now you're apologizing for assuming she was in charge of the park. But every single time you say it, somebody says that park is not in Prospect. It's in Red Bay. Since it's such a major concern for you, go talk to Alden about the park. This woman gets up, sees Sherry Anson, must delete him. No, I'm not deleting him. Make William sit here and show his ignorance because he proves the very point that I'm trying to make this morning. Is not everybody who opens their mouth and has an opinion is worth you taking on. Don't let your brain entertain foolishness. There's too much in the world that you have to try to take in. Let William continue to flap his lips because the more he talks, the more ignorance we get to see. So keep talking, William. Because I personally have seen your comments about this park every time Sabrina goes live. As a matter of fact, I think we could even go back to the one just the other day about the plywood being stolen. Here you come. Well, what's going on with the park? I don't think she's doing a great job. Could this park not done? Oh, yes. That's all she has to do is fix the park. Meanwhile, this woman is out on public holidays, taking time away from her family to clean up graveyards, which in my opinion, shouldn't even be her job. But she's out there doing that sort of thing and you refuse to acknowledge. And I don't care whether you like her or not. This is not a friendship club. You don't have to like the minister. But what you should have to do is speak the truth. Your obsession with a park that does not even fall under her remit makes you blinded to everything else that she does. She's out there doing all sorts of stuff in her community. And this morning, y'all know when it was necessary for me to go hard in the minister, I did that. And I'm not above giving people second chances. Sometimes we all need a little bit of tough love, huh? Just like I told you, the current premier, I had some tough love moments with him. I, I, the email is still, still there. It was sent. Him, Alden, the whole bunch, all the ministers of the time. And I believe in second chances. I believe that at his core, he's actually a good person. That he has the leadership qualities that we need in this country, especially at a time like this. You don't need a motive people like me because I would be blasting the whole place up if I was in leadership. That's why I'm good right where I am. You need someone who's calm who is working on a plan, focus on sustainability. You know, doesn't let y'all get under his skin with your foolishness. He has good qualities. He's a good leader. Not everybody that's effective in other ways makes for good leadership material. I've had to recognize my limitations as an individual. That's what I've said to those of you who are like, oh, you should run. No, 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 no. Let's not do that again. I am good right where I am. Because I can sit here and tell y'all the cold, hard truth, log off, and that's it. And I don't have to care what you think, quite frankly. That's not my business. Perla says, I'm wondering if he, um, if he attends the Red Bay community meetings. Well, she's not in Red Bay. She's in Prospect. Red Bay not having no community meetings, if the truth be told. 
Here we are a year in, and this is where, again, William, y'all want to talk foolishness, but oh, maybe Sandy's in the payroll. Let me tell you what payroll I'm on. I'm the payroll of truth. Y'all want some truthfulness? The truth is, <laughs> Red Bay didn't even have an office up till the other day, far as I know. All these years, the premier, the former premier has been in office, no constituency office, no constituency events, no constituency meetings. Meanwhile, you have Sabrina over here in Prospect, they're joining community. Every single Father's Day, she got Father's Day event coming up this coming weekend, Saturday, Mother's Day, Easter. She's having a free camp for the kids. Y'all went and stole the poor woman plywood. She got it redonated. Um, send me the picture. Somebody was showing me pictures yesterday, but um, I didn't get to see them. So do send me the pictures of how much progress they've made since they were since we were there last, because we'll we'll go back and have a look at that. So let's talk facts. Whether you like somebody or not has nothing to do with the facts. <laughs> Let me be very, very clear. There's a lot of you that I might like, but I also know that you're a donkey and that you're not gonna sense. There's a lot of people that I don't like, but I'm like, you know what? That person actually has a lot of sense. They know what they're talking about. They have some viable solutions. Facts are facts. You're entitled to your opinions, but you're not entitled to your own facts. Mr. George Chalette says, morning, Sandy, your cool hard truth, and many people don't or can't handle it. The CTH, but Sandy keep telling it like it is because the truth is the truth. That's my point. Miss Melita, Cha, your name was called this morning. Yes, and thank you, Melita, by the way, for bringing it to my attention because honestly, I did not know that the article was incomplete. And I'm glad that you were listening to the LA proceedings because more of you need to be doing that. All of us, I wish that we had the time. Someone says credibility, not everyone has the same credibility. You don't take medical advice from your accountant. Rehiring Caymanians, ask Debbie how many Caymanians are at the Compass or at Loop. Oops. Hmm. I think the Compass has about two out of 50. I guess some of them have status now, I'm not sure. Loop, Alric contributes to Loop. And I guess he's the only Caymanian because I think that's kind of a one woman show over there. So uh, someone else says that it's the Caymanians against virtually everything. Thank you, I need to try and remember that now. Cave, Caymanians against virtually everything. <laughs> you can make it a feature in your show, cave man or cave woman of the day. Ooh, honey child, I like that idea. Woo. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are cracking me up this morning. This person says, uh, okay, I don't know what that is. I'll have to, that's an audio note. Um, okay, so somebody else says, I heard it. The government talk about civil servants giving a pay increase. Normally that does not include individuals that work for public authorities. The government needs to clarify because it can be misleading. Okay, we will ask. Um, they, they did say it was over 4,000 people. So we can ask if that includes core government or not. And like I said, all I can do is ask. You know, and um, once we get the answer, then, then we know. Uh, good morning. This uh, viewer says, reach out, transparency, rollout. 
So now poor William is asking, uh, what are you, a communist? Yes, yes, William, I'm a communist. That's, that's, that's the perfect explanation to all this discussion that we've had this morning. If that makes you feel better to think that, then go right ahead. Strong Will says, morning, Sandy. Alden is for the rich people. Red bait needs some dreams. <laughs> Melita says, I tried to intervene during the commentary, but... Melita, that's why we don't even read the comments because people, listen, you cannot convince a donkey that he not a donkey. Hmm? Did I say that right? You cannot convince a donkey. Yeah. And if someone doesn't know something, you can't convince them that they don't know something. That's the big difference. So at some point, I don't even try. I'm just here this morning setting the record straight from my perspective and telling the truth so that we can understand what transpired. And you guys can take it or you can leave it just like everything else. Speaking the truth, William, doesn't make you a communist. Not the last time I checked. In fact, it's probably the opposite. Communism is about hiding and covering up stuff. Now, listen, 936-2626 is a telephone number. We have Mr. Monroe, who's been patiently waiting. Um, we're going to go ahead and bring him into the program. And he is here to talk about something very, very specific. So last weekend, not this weekend gone, but the weekend before, someone sent us a message where they essentially said, um, that they had gotten some bad gas. Now on Friday's show, I was talking about this a little bit because I was telling you guys how I was having experience with my vehicle that at one point I thought might've been related to bad gas, but it actually wasn't. It's part of the transmission that's a problem. So this, this listener says, a fool is a fool. And when they're too fool to know they are a fool. <laughs> so, um, uh, um, Jared, this is the answer to your question. Anybody else who's wondering, the increase is for core government only. Civil servants, the civil service, has funded the cola and the hundred and fifty dollars per month, almost entirely from savings. More than half of that is from savings, and it does not require a hundred percent funding. Thank you, and I'm going to get back to that um, after Ms. Monroe, Mr. Monroe leaves the program because I am going to talk about where's my notebook this morning. So I was up until one o'clock in the morning. That why that, that I'm probably not in a good mood. Kind of didn't get, get enough sleep. Y'all be annoying me. And I'd be up trying to do my research. So I don't be up here talking pure foolishness in the mornings. So I was up um, and I got to show you my little scribble scribble. Don't make fun of my handwriting now. I got the writing of a, do a doctor, I think. These are all my notes here I was making of things we're going to talk about here. Went on to page two and a little bit on the third page. So I'm going to explain exactly where the funding came from for um, the COLA and the honorarium and all that kind of stuff. So I need to break it down because it's important that you get accurate information. Accurate information is important. And this is why Mr. Monroe is here this morning, because we need to clarify a couple things. So just because someone says, I went to Barcam, I went to Jose Esso, I went to ABC Esso, I went to Hell Esso, whatever and got gas and now my, my vehicle has a problem, that doesn't mean the two are connected. Hmm? 
Make sense or nonsense now? Sometimes things happen very close in time, but you do not have a cause and effect. Okay? Happens every single day. Events happen independently of each other. Now, the timing might make us suspicious and wonder, are these two things connected? That is why we have regulatory bodies like Offreg, who are in charge of a number of different sectors. Their job, their remit, is to look out for the best interests of the consumers in this country. So if consumers have a perceived problem, you say you went to the gas station, now your brand new car has a problem. Yes, I appreciate you guys reaching out to CMR, and I get a lot of times why you do that. But the people who can really do something about it, as in test the quality of the gas, issue reports, and if they find an issue, actually do something about it, is actually off-reg. I can only put it out in the public domain. I get the power. I get it. I know why you do it. Because a lot of you is like, oh, yeah, if we message them, they got to take five gazillion years to get back to me, and I just want a response now. So we put on CMR, all of a sudden, you got 100 people commenting, talking about it. That post reached 20,000 people, including Offreg. So, Mr. Monroe, good morning to you. Good morning. Pleasant good morning, Sandra. Thank you so much for coming in the program. My apologies for the little mix-up this morning. I forgot to refresh the link because we had to restart the program. And then I forgot to uh, send it to you. So my apologies for that. And, of course, I've, I've had you waiting. Poor manners. But you know, when we're in a role here, sometimes it just is what it is. No problem. I know you're a busy man. So let's get down to it. You saw, you guys obviously saw this post. You reached out to us, um, not you personally, but um, someone at Offreg reached out to say, hey, we saw your post on social media and we want people to know that if they're having a problem, um, they can reach out to our complaints email and here's what the email is. And then tell us exactly what you did once you saw this complaint about bad gas. What did you do that same day? Sure. So thanks again. Um, what, what we did is so certainly try to establish as much as much facts we can get relating to the matter, because coincidentally, we were actually supposed to be testing that site the very week leading up to the complaint, but because of the many demands, the team was actually shifted. They were going to do the calibration, inspection, and the testing at that site that, that very week. So that was done, okay. that was planned for the following week. Once we got that information, we of course reached out to the retailer to get okay. from the retailer whether he was aware of this, um, this complaint and did he get some sort of preliminary information on it. Uh, let me just segue to say quite interestingly, your comments at the top of the post suggested mm -hmm. that um, though hopefully the motorists would have gone to the station, but apparently they did not because I, I saw you said if they'd gone to another station, maybe the, re the response was going to be different or better. So that was, that's an important fundamental step that um, we need to make consumers much more aware of, that if you have an issue, um, you really should reach out to decide whatever their response is, whether they cooperate or not, it's an important step in the process. So we start gathering information, at least at minimum, to confirm that it did indeed purchase fuel from that site. And this mm -hmm. is not just um, just a, not an anonymous or just a made up sort of complaint. So we went out there um, once we got their report. Thanks again for um, publishing it. 
And we essentially check the entire system. We check the fuel in the tank. We check the fuel that was coming out of the nozzle into consumer tanks. We check the um the dispenser too. Despite it's not so closely related, we just mm -hmm. wanted to check to see if there was anything that could have potentially as remote um, as a remote possibility it is, we still wanted to check that too. So we we did that um those analysis with our handheld device. And then we also took samples um, to be sent overseas by a contractor that is certified um, to, to do these testing because it's not just an ordinary test. It's mm -hmm. a lot of documentation, chain of custody to certify how it was sampled and taken and how it was sent to the lab so that um, no one can claim that the, the sample was actually um, altered in any way before it got to the lab. So we're awaiting that results, but our handheld test that we did showed that there was no issue as it relates to octane. So I just want just, um, just to just highlight that, that mm -hmm. our tester is limited. It only checked for octane. There right. is a, a very um, basic test that is done across the industry called Clear and Bright, where you literally look at the product um, um, with trained eyes, of course, and see that you're not seeing sediment, dust particles, you're not seeing fine water droplets, you're not seeing um, the fuel being cloudy. And this is where we are at this point in terms of that, um, that probe. So you found nothing um, that raised any concerns for you, essentially, is the bottom line. Right. Mm -hmm. At this stage. Yes. Are you going to continue any additional testing or... How does the process move forward? Sure. So we are we are with the um, with the handheld tester, and I'll talk some more about the additional plans, the future plans we have. But we are going to continue to do testing as part of the calibration exercise that we're doing across the entire retail network. We're mm -hmm. going to be testing the fuel also at each of the sites. But again, to stress, it's going to be just that one parameter, and of course, mm -hmm. just visually looking at the the product and seeing if we're seeing anything that may be suspect. Right. And um, I said, you know, I was saying right before you came on the program that sometimes events happen, right? So this person claims this is a brand new vehicle. Just because something's a brand new vehicle doesn't preclude it having mechanical problems. I mean, it is man-made after all. Um, and they claim that, um, you know, they, they went to this fuel uh, station, had an issue. I mean, I do find it peculiar that if you had a brand new vehicle and something like this happened, that you wouldn't bring it to the attention of the station managers and owners and everybody pretty much knows who owns what and came out. Like if you're really trying to reach out to someone. Right. So to me, that is a little bit bizarre. Um, and if, cause I think this has come up over the years before people think there's like a bad batch of gas that comes in. A lot of people complain that, you know, once they fill up, they're noticing, I don't know if it's, I don't even know what the technical term is, whether it's gunk or whatever that mm. somehow impedes the, the quality of their driving experience. Right. If you have something like that happens, just hypothetically, the only way to resolve it would be to run out that tank of gas. Is that correct? That would be that would be <clears throat> excuse me. That would be correct. Um to to well we hope that we can actually catch it in the process. So if you're having this experience, let mm -hmm. us know, um, take it to the garage and they can purge it because maybe one issue will lead, lead to the next. So once you're in, in experiencing this initial problem, um, signal to someone, as you rightly said, signal to someone that can do something meaningfully mm -hmm. about it, objectively, either by their technical background or by their, their, their remit. Mm -hmm. 
as in the case of offering. So we can look at it because data is king. We need to have this to understand um, um, how we're moving forward and then look for mm -hmm. trends across um, similar gas stations. So if you're having an issue and you need to stop, yes, please stop. But mm -hmm. signal the right persons, um, try to secure that, that, that evidence you have because that's information that's critically needed for us to do something uh, about it. Yes. And I see mechanics, like uh, you take it to the mechanic, they said, oh, it might be this. So that's not really good enough, right? You can't go off of might. So you can't, right. you know, haul somebody in about, you know, their quality of gas if you're not certain that that's actually what the issue was. So, you know, I, I try to listen very carefully and read what people say and how they word certain things. And if a mechanic can't say definitively that this is what the issue was in his professional opinion with, you know, 20 years of experience. If he's saying, oh, it could be this, that that doesn't sound very convincing to me. So that's why you want to go through um, these exploratory steps to try to ascertain what has actually gone wrong, what the issue is. Very methodically, we need to go through that. And, and we certainly can appreciate and understand that mechanics uh, um, may not be certain, but based on their experience, yes, I mean, they've been in the industry, one would expect that they would have a good indication as to what could be the, the cause or mm -hmm. what can be the issues that are showing up as certain symptoms in the vehicle's performance. So we are going to rely on them and we would want for them to come forward and, and say to us, you know, this is what they've been experiencing. But yes, the point of this subjective sort of, it looks this way, it doesn't look this way, it smells this way. And uh, again, we'd want to um, caution, well, not caution, um, prohibit, discourage altogether persons using smell tests for, for, um, for gasoline it's dangerous, it's harmful to health. So we just want to stick it out there. We've heard persons said, oh, it also smells bad, it smells stale. Please do not do that from the health, from a health perspective. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, if if it doesn't look good, if it doesn't um, appear to be right, um, mm -hmm. yeah, then let's- Don't sniff it. I thought yeah. everybody knew that. <laughs> yeah, no, actually we've heard cases of that. People are sniffing gasoline, what a mess. Um, so Jonathan says maybe the person put diesel in the car instead of super. Now this has happened, and I've spoken to a few of the uh, the gas stations. They've actually said this is a common—I wouldn't say super common—but it is an error that even sometimes the pump attendants themselves make, mm -hmm. where someone will accidentally put diesel in a non-diesel vehicle. Right. Um, and so yes, that's you know you should probably pay attention <laughs> when Thank when they're you. pumping it. Yeah, thank you, sorry for interjecting. Thank you for that. Um, that that's referred to as misfueling, and it it can be common. We try to discourage it, and we also looked at um some more um uh, rigid ways of preventing that. And mm -hmm. there is a system in place. How it, however, it's not. It may not work as effectively here, and that's by changing the the size of the nozzles. So that if you have a diesel vehicle. Um, you can't put a, well, it's actually the other way around. Diesel vehicle generally ca carry a larger size nozzle. So yeah. you can actually accidentally put gas in diesel, but you can't put diesel in gas. So to that point also, when we looked at the the the, the complaint um, per se, we had to assume it was gasoline, but because we weren't sure, we tested gasoline and diesel at the side because mm -hmm. who knows. 
Now, um, I, we've spoken to uh, the folks over at Barcam and, you know, people are like, oh, maybe there's water seeping into the tanks and whatever. And they have said, listen, their tanks are very, very rigid in terms of um, how they're encased, how the actual gas is encased. And this is all regulatory stuff that you can certainly confirm. There are um, requirements of it being, I don't know, double, triple you know, contain or whatever. It's not easy for water to just seep into a tank as people would think. Um, and, you know, you guys are doing random testing on fuel that comes in to the country as well as when it's distributed to the various locations to so look for any of these types of issues. Can you confirm that that's the case? It, that is the case, Sandra. So, um, yes, the tanks based on their design, it is, um, as they are explaining, it is a double wall. Um, there are points at which water can but the design is so rigid and there's also a backup mechanism to test where the water is in the tank so all the stations all the stations are fitted with a means of electronically and then the retailers also have a responsibility to check for water and this is a daily process um, once water is in the tank they have to have it removed by a separate process and it's going to alarm in some cases it can actually shut down the system um, depending mm -hmm. on how the, the um, inventory monitoring system is set up um, so yes that's the case the, the, the possibility the probability of water seeping into the tank is very very low to almost impossible uh, mm -hmm. at this point in, well let me take back the word impossible but it probably mm -hmm. is very very it's low, very low. Water seeping into the tanks. Mm -hmm. Nat B says, can he provide any information as to the del delays four plus weeks when new applications and renewal of ship and aircraft radio? Okay, that's not your area, right? Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so, Nat B, we'll have to sa shave that for somebody else at Offreg. But Mr. Monroe is head of the fuel section only, so he can only address uh, fuel-related issues. Mr. Monroe, thank you so much for your time. Um, Jonathan, again, is talking about the price of fuel. Can you reiterate for us, I think we'd had this discussion before, uh, when fuel comes into the Cayman Islands, um, and I'm going to dig into some of this because this is relevant to what the government is trying to alleviate in terms of, you know, the cost really um, of inflation and fuel and food and everything else that's happening around the world and in the Cayman Islands as well. But when, when the suppliers bring fuel in and the gas stations are then reselling it, is it the case that Offreg, part of Offreg's remit, is they're actually looking at the price that the suppliers are paying for fuel and then what they are marking it up at? Yes, I can confirm that our responsibility at this time not is not to control the price. And I also would want to highlight that we do have a very useful bit of FAQ on our website that persons can look at in terms of understanding that process. But okay. to your specific question, once the product comes in, we have the information from where it is sourced, the time it is sourced, when it is loaded onto the vessel, the price that is that they, they pay for it, mm -hmm. we we receive that. We look at what the what the change in the inventory or the landed cost is going to be, what their markup is to the retailers, um, and when they make changes to the price, selling it onward to their both their retailer and their um, their industrial and other consumers. Mm -hmm. So there is a, um, you know, th this is part of what I'm addressing this morning is sometimes people will say things that isn't based in any degree of truth and they just throw it out there. And because everybody now has a platform 
um, people will just believe whatever they hear. So the truth of the matter is, because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, you know, the second that that um, the fuel goes up in the U.S., all of a sudden it's going up here at the um, at the gas stations. That, based on what you just told me, isn't actually what's happening. It's not happening, and um, it's been very topical for us, um, including our board. So at this point, just recently, we've looked at ways of enhancing that transparency, making it a lot more easy for persons to see through and see that every time, if there is a case of an, an increase being announced in the US and they see an increase a few days after, it's purely coincidence, as we said. It's based on an increase of actual products that were mm-hmm. acquired. And brought in. Yeah, roll out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, you need to. You definitely need to work on getting that message out there, um, some little commercials or something, to disseminate that message. Because I cannot tell you the percentage of people in this community who absolutely believe that and who are obviously completely wrong. Um, Mr. Monroe, thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you very much, Sandra, and look forward to being on again sometime in future. You got an open invitation anytime. Appreciate it so much. All the best. Okay. Thanks very much. All right, folks. Short and sweet. Thank you, Mr. Monroe. Uh, let's continue the conversation. We're going to move the dial along here. It's 9.19 a.m. This is uh, uh, Monday Rewind, but there's so much that went on over the weekend. So on Friday, the premier made an announcement. I want you to listen to the announcement. I'm actually going to play it. It is a couple minutes. So I want you to listen to it. And then we're going to dissect some of the details of it because the devil's in the details. And like I said, everyone is an expert until you start to ask them questions about how you're going to deploy what they're suggesting. And then all of a sudden they don't know. They're like, oh, well, I just, I just say, just do it. Here's the premier. Here's what he had to say, folks. Lower fuel costs means businesses can keep down the cost of goods and services for our consumers. Mr. Speaker, I could go on talking about these matters, but I want to get to the details of two important initiatives that we'll be taking within the next month that directly provides meaningful relief to the cost of living crisis facing our Cayman uh, Caymanian families. These two initiatives, Mr. Speaker, will help thousands of families across our three Cayman Islands and are designed to help families offset some of the sharp increases in costs. It's not going to, nothing is going to be a full solution, Mr. Speaker but it will help and is designed to help as many as possible. The first is a temporary assistance program for residential electric co- electricity costs. We know that for most families, after rent and mortgage or mortgage, the electricity cost is the single largest expense they face each month. We also know that fuel prices have spiked and this is causing electricity costs to rise sharply. Mr. Speaker, the PAC government has been in discussions with the main utility um, providers or obtaining information from those that can assist in identifying those in, in, in 
need, and we'll be setting aside an amount in the region of five million to help families across the three islands with the increased electricity costs resulting from the increase in fuel costs in the months of July, August, and September. The hottest months of the year, Mr. Speaker, and when electricity consumption is normally at its highest. The assistance will be for residential customers only and capped at a consumption of 2,000 kilowatt hours per month. We'll be finalizing the details of the with the two, sorry, with the two utility companies and rolling out a more detailed announcement the week of June 20th. Mr. Speaker, this initiative, in terms of the combined um, customers across our countries with the two, two utility providers, will help some 22,000 households. The second, the second initiative, Mr. Speaker, as alluded to yesterday, is a cost of living increase for civil servants, the largest single employer on the islands. Mr. Speaker, obviously, as I said before, we're living in challenging times, and this government has certainly expanded efforts to combat the threats around COVID-19. We have safely and methodically reopened our borders, kick-started our vital tourism ministry, and we have steadfastly supported Caymanian families and offered regular financial support and job matching assistance for persons still actively returning to the workforce. We have prudently and diligently managed government's revenues and delivered policies whose aims have always been, been to make the lives of our constituents, our Caymanians, better. Amidst such challenging times, Mr. Speaker, government's fiscal outlook remains positive, as shared from time to time by my colleague, the Deputy Premier and Honourable Minister of Finance and Economic Development. Yet, Mr. Speaker, despite um, this strong and positive momentum my good ship came on, we must acknowledge the inflationary pressures experienced around the globe and the buffeting that is occurring in relation to ships that are much larger than ours here at home. Governments in the, in the US, United States, uh, Canada, Europe, the world over are confronting the same dilemma of how to safely navigate an uncertain future, provide relief to its citizens, and to alleviate the impact that inflation has, particularly in the middle, middle class and low income families. While our government has limited levers at, at its disposal, given the existing drivers of inflation are global factors, such as supply chain constraints, war, and the pandemic, the government, the PAC government, nevertheless remains committed 
doing what we can. Mr. Speaker, we know that our civil service has worked tirelessly to see this country through each challenge. So, Mr. Speaker, I am proud again to say that we have been working closely with the Honourable Deputy Governor to see what relief can be provided to civil servants within the confines of the approved budget. Mr. Speaker, as we head into the summer months, when temperatures and fuel prices will rise in tandem, the government will fund not one, but three, or support not one, but three monthly honorariums of $150 per month to help the civil service fend off higher utility costs over the summer. This honorarium will commence this month, month and continue through August. It will only be paid to non-executive staff on grades E and below. Then commencing in September, as families prepare for the reopening of schools, the civil service will receive a 2% cost of living adjustment, or COLA, which will provide a sustained salary increase. Finally, Mr. Speaker, starting in December this year, qualifying employees on non-executive grades will, by way of progression, receive one increment, which is roughly valued at 2% of pay. In total, Mr. Speaker, by the end of the year, the civil service will see a 4.5% increase this year, comprising a 2% COLA and the remainder in pay progression. And three months of honorariums timed to help offset rising electricity bills over the summer. These times are difficult, Mr. Speaker, due to the forces beyond our control. Yet working together and within the approved budget, we'll all get through this. All right, folks, I wanted you to hear it for yourself um, so that we're all on the same page in terms of what was said, yes? Now let us break it down a little bit further. We're gonna look at some of your responses to what was said. And I suspect, um, as I said earlier, that a lot of you do not listen to the LA proceedings. I get it, sometimes we're busy. And you know we try to fill that gap. And I've, I've made it very, very clear to my small team here at CMR that it is incredibly important. And you know I'm, I'm trying to rely on, on other sources as well to say, hey, if something happens in the LA that somehow we miss because we weren't sitting there listening to the whole proceedings, just let us know. We will go back and listen to, even if you can narrow it down to, okay, it's in this three hour segment. We can try to go through it and you know get the word out there to the people because the people deserve the information and they deserve to know what is happening in this country. And so one of the things that the news is supposed to do is bring you accurate information. Now we go above and beyond. So that's the information. Now, some of you would have listened to that and still don't know what the premier talking about. 
That's why this show, which is an opinion-based show, which provides additional information, will now seek to break it down for you. And we're going to have a discourse about some of what he said, some of what wasn't said. And I'm going to give you some of the behind the scenes stuff. So Jasara says, I watched this live. So you were one of the 20 people, according to Melita, that was watching because she said only 20 people was watching the proceedings. She said, I watched this live when he spoke of it. And I didn't like when the opposition leader asked what the government planned to do to help the people. And when he started speaking, they wouldn't sit and listen. They got up and left. Well, you know, this is the shady boots, Alden, that I'm talking about. Narcissistic and totally disrespectful. If you ask somebody a question, at least give them the opportunity to respond. But he doesn't care about the answer. And do you know why that is, Jasara? Here's a truth bomb. Where, I, where are my little bombs? I need to reduce some of my... um. I need to redo some of my sounds here, but here's the truth. The opposition, not no fools. They got their ears to the ground. They're listening. People see you see are talking about this because this isn't something that the premier and the government just woke up on Thursday night and said, oh, this is what we're going to put forward. This has been in the works. Some of y'all sitting down complaining every day. What is this government doing? What is government doing? Blah, blah, blah. It was in the works. You don't come up with something like this without, number one, talking to all of the stakeholders, right? First, you come up with the idea, how are we going to help the people? What's viable? What's not viable? In a second, we're going to talk about the um, solar idea, why that's not viable. And there's a lot of reasons, actually, why that's not viable. Then you start to talk to stakeholders, such as CUC. So, Joey... Um, Ebanks, remember Joey, he was actually, ironically enough, Joey's last job, I mean, I'm not sure what he's doing now, to be fair to him, but the last job that we knew about before he got in a little trouble with stealing from government and all that kind of stuff was um, him running this whole uh, sector, utilities sector, before it became part of Offreg. Remember, that was his job. And so when he makes a comment on the story that government is going to be, again, this is the caveman mentality. I've, it, the funny thing is, I've never seen Joey comment on anything before this, which is quite interesting. But he comes out, oh, how is this going to work? They're going to have people lined up in the streets, lined up at the government building, collecting a check for $150. Joey, there are times when it is in our best interest to keep our mouths shut than to open it and remove all doubt. Come on now, you of all people who actually ran this as a regulator should know better. And I have to believe that you know better. And for whatever reason, you've now decided to lend your voice to conversation when you've never lent your voice to anything before. And this is what you came up with? Say what? All right, stick a pin because I'll come back to that here in a second. So what the government is proposing, as he just said, is a $150 payment for those who fall into that 2,000 kilowatt or less range, right? Why 2,000 kilowatt? Because they sat down and they had a conversation with CUC, AKA the ones who are providing you with electricity service to say, who is this going? We want to help the people who need the most help. 
Who are the people struggling to pay their bills? Who are the people who have fallen into credit issues, late payments, non-payments, getting electricity shut off? Who are those people? It's not the people using 5,000, 10,000, 50,000 kilowatt, because those are the people who own million dollar homes and using a lot of electricity. And they can afford to pay their bills. So there's two very different things here. What is happening for the civil service? That's separate. Then what is happening with the CUC situation, which is going to help over 21,000 people? But boy, the negativity that came out of what is actually a really good announcement is kind of shocking. And it's negativity rolled up in misinformation. So, Jasara, you're talking about the rudeness of the progressives. That's because they already knew. This is where politics, when I tell y'all politics is a dirty game, they already knew that the government had this in the works. And in fact, if y'all were paying attention, and I beg you sometimes to pay attention, remember when we were covering the show last week? Um, not the show, but we were covering that live stream for the Mandarin developers. And Chris Saunders said, go back and listen to it. He said, the premier has several announcements coming down the pipeline. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to announce it to steal his thunder because it's stuff that falls under his remit. So, of course, the progressives had gotten wind of this because, you know, loose lips all over the place even within the party, even within the PAC organization, even within CUC, it was being taught so people knew, Alden knew. So when they jumped up and asked this question, they already knew. In fact, my understanding is that the announcement was actually supposed to originally happen on Thursday and not Friday, because it didn't really have anything specifically to do with the Legislative Assembly. This isn't something they had to take to the LA to get approved. But this happened all the time during the pandemic. The progressives sitting back with nothing else to do. Oh, well, when's the government going to do this? Knowing full well that the government was just about to make that announcement. Now, here's the irony of it. <laughs> oh, shady boots. Shady boots. When we did that to the progressives, and we weren't really doing it for the same reason. We were just doing it to inform the people. So when we knew, hey, oh, yeah, they're about to lock us down. Y'all better go get your groceries and get your business started out. During the pandemic, when they were in control, they got pissed off at us. Every time we announced something and dropped it on the, on the website before the government had the time to officially announce it, because again, loose lips all over the place. So within their own camp, we knew exactly what was going down. With a 99% accuracy, sometimes they would go back and change something just to be able to say, well, you see, CMR didn't get this little detail right, but that's because you changed it. Remember Alden getting up in the in the uh, press briefings upset with us about um oh you know um supposed news media um, putting out information before we've officially released it. So okay, all right then, simmer down. It happens, and they themselves are using the exact same tactic politically. So there was a discussion that was had with um, CUC. And in fact, my sources over at CUC, this is how they, this is how they put it. 
Let me just show you here now. Let me just see. I'm not going to tell you who said it. I'm just going to tell you what they said. So they also said to me, um, we've been in discussions with CIG on this relief program for some time. They say, I prefer not to add anything to the premier's comments at this time. And we'll be meeting with them again this week to put all the final details in place. You see, this, this is how you get confirmation, right? You ask one person a question, you take their answer, but you don't have to take their answer at face value. You ask somebody else the exact same question and see what they have to say. And if they match up and the two are not talking to each other and the tone would even know that you're asking this one the question, that one the question, that's kind of how we fact check certain things. So I got my CUC sources. They said the conversations have been happening for quite some time. I got government sources who said the conversations have been happening for quite some time. Okay, well, that matches up. Let's move on. Um, no, okay, we're not getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, okay, so we're not getting there. So to be quite honest, let me see. There's no fixed amount per household for the CUC systems. Oh, I see. All right. Uh-huh. Okay, so here we go. So let, let's be very, very clear. And I think this is where we were, we were uh, thank you to this astute listener, where we were getting a little bit confused. So the, the CUC um, relief is what we'll call it program and the civil service relief are two completely separate things. And so we're going to separate them for the purposes of even the, the discussion this morning. So let's be very, very clear. The CUC program is aimed at people who fall into this 2000 kilowatt or less, I'm assuming, right? Uh, that's gonna be the people who struggle more to pay their CUC bills, who this is actually going to make a difference to. So as this person has confirmed, the $150 is an honorarium being made to the low civil servants. We'll talk about that here in a second. That has nothing to do with CUC. The CUC amount will vary by the dollar amount of the bill. There is no fixed amount per household for the CUC assistance, and the actual amount of the CUC assistance will vary by each household because it's tied into usage from what I understand. The temporary assistance, um, sorry, the details of the temporary assistance will be finalized this week and rolled out on Monday or earlier if possible. The temporary assistance provided to CUC customers will only be for households with consumption between 100 kilowatts a month and 2,000 kilowatts per month. So again, households over 2,000 kilowatts are not eligible. Got it. Mm -hmm. So the precise details of everything that's going to be involved in the CUC program should be coming down the pipeline later this week. Here's what I do know in relation to the CUC program. There's, this is not a situation where there's going to be an application process, right? CUC is actually going to handle whatever the credit is going to be. They will be handling it on behalf of the government. So they will get the $5 million. So that's $5 million going towards that. And they will, because they will know. So government doesn't need to have access to their database. And there's no database breaches or anything of the sort they will know what clients qualify for that who use in between 100 kilowatts and the 2000 kilowatts 
It's for three months, July, August, and September, which is intended to help you for the, the period of time during the summer when we all feel that fuel pinch in our CUC bill. And it's not just fuel, usage goes up because kids are home during the summer months. And then of course, added on to that is the increase in the, um, the fuel factor at this particular time. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the bottom line. If you're a lawyer and you use 5,000 kilowatts, I don't even know what my kilowatt usage is, to be honest, uh, you're not going to be eligible for this program. I doubt I would be eligible. I need to go back and look at my CEC bill. But, you know, I, I thankfully, at this point in my life, the CUC bill gets paid. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, husband that keeps a job. Because, you know, we, we need to talk about personal responsibility at some point. We can get there too. Um, so let me just give you all usage. Because we do a lot to try and keep our kilowatt down. But we still may not be eligible for this. Because to be honest, CUC can look at us and say, well, you pay your bill every month. Ooh, honey child, we're over that. Lord Jehovah. Jesus, take the wheel. Take the wheel. Ay, ay, ay. My uses may, I was at 3,578 kilowatts. Jeez, some peace. No relief for me, but that's okay. And imagine I, I have solar. <laughs> this is so painful because I think to myself, damn, if I didn't have solar, what a hot mess. Jeez, some peace. So yeah, I'm always over two kilowatts. Never mind. That's not going to help me, but I'm so glad that it's going to help other people. Now, this is where y'all need to stop being selfish. I know some of y'all like, oh, what's in it for me? Like the people down Beach Bay, what's in it for me? Um, I'm good. Thank you. Praise the Lord. All right. Moving right along. So um, critics of this. I'm going to talk about the CUC thing in a second. Why don't they do solar? Put the $5 million in solar. Y'all are so bright. You know I'm being completely facetious here. Have you, any of you who made that suggestion, have you been through the solar process yourself? I'm just asking. Because you would know, because I've actually been through it, then on average, it's going to take you six to nine months to get solar installed. And right now it's not happening for anybody because off-reg, we couldn't ask Mr. Monroe about this because this is not his section, but we need to start asking this off-reg board a couple questions because they're going to be the next board. We're going to put um, them next one over there on hold for a second and ask the off-reg board what the hell are they doing? Because right now um, there's a holdup with them approving further expansion of the core program. We've talked about this on this program well over a year ago with Mr. Um, oh gosh, what's my little solar man name from Green Tech? So that still hasn't been done. James Whitaker, remember when James came on the program? That's at least been a year now, I think, over a year. And we heard how Offreg has essentially like put the boots on top of the solar program and nobody can really proceed because they need to expand the core program. And for whatever reason, they're taking their time doing that. Well, here's part of the reason. 
they need to expand the core program. In order for them to do that, they actually need to approve some sort of battery for CUC. Now, I ain't no expert in this area, and I'm going to explain it to you how I understand it to be. This battery, I guess, um, allows CUC to expand their capacity to then take on more people into the core program. And because, because Offreg is taking now some two years to approve this battery for CUC, nobody seems to know why. Anybody in this Offreg board paying attention? Explain to us why it's taking you so long. What's the holdup? CUC has submitted everything that they need to submit and Offreg still sitting down two years later, inefficiency and not approving it. That can't, that can't make any sense. But $5 million that they're going to give CUC for solar doesn't get you very far. Let's assume you wanted to benefit the people. That would only benefit 250 people as opposed to potentially over 21,000 people. Hmm. You see where that kind of doesn't make any sense? So I started asking questions over the weekend. I said, well, hold on. Only 250 households, $5 million? And that would be if you get the cheaper um, kilowatt systems. Because solar, it depends. There's a lot of factors, honey gel. Like I said, I've been through the process. It depends on the size of your roof, your, what you're trying to do. So we were trying to get into a position where we don't necessarily have to pay a CUC bill. But we couldn't afford, because that's another ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000. We couldn't afford the big Tesla backup batteries and all that kind of stuff. We're like, ooh, that's not in the budget right now. That's an additional expense. But that would allow you to save even more because you can actually store your, ele your electricity that you're generating from the solar panels. But do you know what is involved in the six to nine months that it's going to take you to get solar installed in your home? And that there weren't no chain supply issues when we did it back in, when was that, 2017, 2018? This is pre-COVID. <laughs> Y'all know now things have changed a lot. When they go up there, they have to do an entire assessment of your roof, your structure, your this, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, they're like, ooh, honey child, you go and get yourself this nice house. But guess what? We can't put that load on your roof because you need to reinforce your roof. And I'm like, what? What do you mean I need to reinforce my roof? This must be a decent house. Well, honey child, it might be a brand new house, but that roof does not have the capacity for the 40 solar panels that we're going to be putting on it, which weigh a lot. The first little wind that comes through with thunderstorm Sandy 2.0 going to blow your roof off. So now we had to spend money getting a roofing company to come in, put in extra um, hurricane straps, and this, that, and the next thing. There's a lot that is actually involved in this process. I love how people, social media experts, they know it all. Just put on solar. Yeah, that's gonna help me next month. The government is trying to come up with this immediate solution that's gonna help you for the coming months, right now. Solar isn't that solution. That's the long-term goal. 
And that's gonna take a lot to get there. Not to underestimate the logistics of who owns your property, because some of y'all so mixed up with ownership. <laughs> I have some people who have contacted me. They can't even get proper utilities to their house because there's all kind of mixed up about who owns it. Well, my grandma left it for me, but really my cousin's on it and this on that. So there can be no property decisions even made. And what if you rent versus home ownership? Who's going to approve solar panels? Let's just say that this idea was even remotely possible. Who's going to approve solar panels um, on the roof? I mean, there's so much logistically to having this done that it just does not make any sense. But I love how people make it sound so simple. Right? So 21,000 people are going to get help starting July, August, September. Solar can't happen that fast. It's just not, it's not possible. And no government has been more committed to sustainability and looking at those options than this current administration. So you negative Nancys and negatives, what's the male version of a negative Nancy? I don't even know. Y'all need to start picking some sense out of nonsense and think these three things through. It sounds good to just, oh, we should be investing that in solar. And then 50 people like your comment and all y'all think you're so smart. When critics say things and they make very vague suggestions and they don't look into it, I kind of have to wonder. So I made myself some notes as I was talking to the experts. And here's what I wrote down in my scribble scribble. I said, what's the long-term plan versus immediate assistance? The government is going after immediate assistance, by the way. Solar farm versus doing individual homes. That's a whole other situation. Say you could average 20,000 per system, which is very, very conservative for solar. To do 20,000 people, you'd need $400 million. I'm just saying, plus a whole lot of time. Offreg still hasn't approved the new core capacity. Supply, possible supply chain issues. Inspections that have to happen. You don't just throw solar panels on your roof and that's it, you know. There's a whole process. Electrical. When they came in and did mine, they have, a, they have engineers who go up in the roof. They check the structure, all that kind of stuff. Before you can even get them to give you, wouldn't you say, okay, I want to do it. Before they will even order your solar panels, all of this structural engineering expertise has to come in. Experts, experts. Assess your roof. You got electricians that have to do their part. Where are they going to put the solar panels? Blah, blah, blah. Those of you who've been kind of hoodwinking the system and making, doing your own electrical work, <laughs> causing a potential hazard and all this kind of stuff. And there's been a lot of that going on. Some of your homes would not be eligible. You'd have to upgrade all of the electrical systems. Y'all think solar is so easy. Let's just throw up some solar panels and that's the solution. I, I'm going to challenge you to think a little bit beyond that. Because the planning department, the electrical inspectors, they're not gonna be passing nothing and they have to pass it every step of the way. I remember when we were in our final step, everything was done. They're like, okay, before we can flip the switch, cause CUC then is involved in that. They have to come out, check the meter, do this, do that. I mean, it's a whole process. When we were in the final stages, like, okay, we just need planning now to sign off on it but that could take three months. That's what I was told. I was like, what? 
I've waited all this time and the final, final step to just switch it on before that can happen is another inspection process and planning. Oh, child, let's not even get into that. Overworked. The one or two inspectors, one, one, got, one got such a bad attitude. Nobody don't want him coming out to the job. And then the other one, oh, yeah, I can fit you in the schedule. Mm, mm. Three months later, I was like, no, sir. Y'all know that day I had to make a little phone call. I might listen here now. Three months are just not realistic. <sighs> Folks, the longer term plan includes increasing our solar capacity. So let me give you an example of how the billing system is going to work. I'm very conscious of the time. So let me run through this. Say they took an example of a bill that, that CUC gave them, right? This person's bill was $459. Oh, by the way, there's this other point. Oh, why not just reduce the fuel? Duty. The reason why you don't reduce the um, fuel duty is because what you're then doing, again, economics 101, is you're stealing a little bit of revenue from government. When it's actually not going to help you that much, I'm going to show you how. And then where's government getting that revenue back from? It has to come from somewhere. So you don't just say, oh, let's, let's attack the duty, government revenue, hoping that that's going to help the consumer and no plan on how you're going to get that back into government coffers. But it doesn't even make any sense because think about this. Someone who has 1,560 kilowatt usage, this is a bill now, $459 for that bill. Do you have any idea what the fuel duty is on that $459? Sit down and listen to me. It is $20.78. How much of a use you think that can be for people? So if they said, oh, lift the, lift the duty, that homeowner or renter, whoever, with a $459 bill saving $20.78. Now, y'all know. You don't have these details, and it sounds good. Oh, just put it on the fuel. But when you have the details, does that make a huge difference? Some other examples were like $17.54. That's what relief you're going to be getting from the government. Y'all would want this government's neck on a silver platter. What you actually pay, it's something like 11 cents a kilowatt. And then for the fuel part of it, what is added on is the equivalent of 15 cents per, per kilowatt. The devil is in the details, folks. It's important to have this information. So two things happens when you keep that fuel factor in place, right? Number one, you're disincentivizing the use of fossil fuel, which is a thing. So you're trying to encourage CUC and everybody else to move towards this um, sustainability, the natural energy policy, which we're going to talk a little bit about. We'll probably have to leave that till tomorrow because we're running out of time. And then there's also this element of you just taking revenue from government that you're going to replace how. So those two suggestions, solar and putting it on the duty side, as you can see, when you dig a little bit deeper, 
really actually doesn't make any sense. We're going to leave the um, honorarium stuff with civil service until tomorrow. Because I don't want to rush that because I want to make sure y'all get it right now. 600, um, uh, roughly 600 households in Cayman Brack and Little Cayman are also going to benefit from this. So the sister islands are not being left out. We're going to bid adieu to our um, radio listeners, but I'm not going to go into too much more of this because I don't want them to miss anything. So tune back in tomorrow morning at 7.30 sharp. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the cold. Oops, forgot I had the loop button on there. All right, folks. Um, so 200 of you still on social media. So let's just wrap up with some of your comments. I'm going to tomorrow's segment and I take back out my little notebook child and we will continue the discussion about this um, suggestion from the government. But I don't want the radio listeners because some of them just listening in radio these days, honey child. I don't want them to miss it on too much, but let me read some of your comments. I know a lot of you have been commenting, so let's back it up. Um, we have Jonathan, uh, Damien says children are on school holidays also. So they're at home and the bills will go up. Yes. And you know, none of y'all are talking about your usage. We can talk about that a little bit because there has to be some degree of accountability when it comes to what you're actually doing within your households. And some of y'all have children who are home watching TV all day. They're running AC. They have no concept of conserving themselves. Every single light in the house on. You need to start setting up some mechanisms for conservation. Stop acting like you can afford 5,000 kilowatts when you know when you get that bill, you can't. So Jonathan says we will see a sustained salary increase throughout the island and then you will see a sustained price increase. Well, Jonathan, I keep saying this. That's another low-hanging fruit. Every time somebody says, oh, increase the uh, minimum wage, I'm just like, you do know that that's going to increase the cost of doing business. Before you jump to increase the minimum wage, I think you need a little bit more information. Damien says it needs to be thought through. And that's one of those that, again, sounds so simple and so easy, but you need to think it through. Number one, what percentage of this country is actually at minimum wage? Who is it going to help? If it's only 5% of people making minimum wage and you increase it, does that 5%, knowing now that they're going to up the cost of living and everything because of it, is that really going to make a significant difference in your life? Y'all better ask the questions. So Flashpoint, once the details are finalized, it will be. The point is, all that has not been finalized yet. That's going to happen this week. I want to address this. So Jonathan says, 
maybe this is something I should save until tomorrow. Cause I do, I do kind of want the radio listeners to, to, to um, get this, but he says, sorry, the announcer will be sorry. I got more bad news. The cost of living is going to, who, who can't see that now that that's not the reality for all of you. So when I talk about these criticisms of the government, um, you know, came out here, so they talking about, oh, well, the premier should be talking about, um, he should be trying to make y'all feel good, soothing you over. I'm just like, well, soothing you over for what? Because y'all don't like the truth? You don't want to hear the truth? Somebody else said to me on Friday, oh, well, by him saying it's going to go higher, that's giving the electricity people, the, the gas people, the permission to keep raising it. I'm like, y'all, that's not how the process works. Did you just hear what Mr. Monroe said? These agencies need to do a better job of disseminating their information. Even CUC needs to do a better job because y'all sitting here thinking CUC is making money off of, I'm going to take off these headsets because it's only me in the studio. Y'all here talking about CUC is making money off of, um, off of fuel and fuel is a pass through. They don't add nothing to fuel. Whatever they pay for it, they're passing it on to you. These are facts. And the people don't have the facts and they're out there saying all manners of foolishness, confusing themselves and also confusing you. But if the correct information is not being disseminated and it's not reaching the people, I mean, I guess at some level you kind of can't blame them for being entirely ignorant. Get your PR teams on the ball, government off-reg CUC. Educate the people. Because people seem to love a lot of ignorance. So when the premier said, when he made that announcement, I don't even know where he said it. I think it was a Compass article. That the price of fuel is going up. (laughs) First of all, nobody should be shocked by that. It's nothing earth shattering. And secondly, the man is only telling you facts. There's nothing that's happening in the world around us right now that demonstrates anything else is likely to happen. I'm just saying. The war in Russia not going nowhere. COVID isn't going anywhere. The economic downturn, the recession that we're coming up on. Stagflation, which we discussed on last week's program. All of this hot mess of a situation is happening. So what he said was earth shattering how? I mean, I guess because it was a headline that compassed y'all up and I'm like, oh, he shouldn't have said that. Uh, because you want a premier that's going to lie to you. huh? That's, that's what you're telling me. I can't take the stupidity and I cannot take the ignorance. And I don't, you know, at this point in time, I honestly don't care who gets insulted by this. Tell me you can't wait to get his ass out of government. How the, listen, we not on radio no more. So if I drop a couple F-bombs, make the children go away for a second. This is the foolishness that people posting up and y'all talking about who's on the payroll. How are you going to get him out of government? How are you going to do it? You and what fucking army? Go tell Facebook I cursed. I don't give a damn. This is the kind of stupidity that I cannot take. What the hell are you talking about? Just because 
the progressives have promised you that next time you can help run their campaign what a bunch of donkeys help run it into the freaking ground that's where it's going to be run i mean look at this calling the premier of this country a, a mother vulgar an effing idiot you know that <laughs> this is the kind of thing <laughs> listen this is the kind of shit that will land your ass in court. Keep it up. You think you're bold and you think because it comes from anonymous number two and anonymous number three and anonymous number four, that you're not going to end up in court. Keep it up. Keep it up. Came out here say, you know, I get slapped with your first lawsuit yet. <laughs> We've been slapped with a lot, haven't lost any. And we don't even engage in this. This is different. It's at a level... And you're not protecting yourself just because it's coming from anonymous one, two, three, and four. You are disseminating this information on purpose. Those anonymous people is all you saying the same shit over and over again. But you're going to get yourself in trouble and you're going to get slapped with a lawsuit. And then you're going to realize that you can't dabble in this business of media and slander people and think that you can get away with it. I'm trying to give you some good advice here. I'm trying to warn you about what's coming down the pipeline. Keep it up. You think it's because it's a politician that he's not going to do nothing. Posts like this cross the line. It's, it's, it's disrespectful. And some of y'all might think some of the stuff that we be saying is disrespectful. But I can tell you what, we might call you a jackass and a narcissist, but I, I, I would be hard pressed to say we ever call anybody a mofo on this show. Hmm. Talking about it affects none of them, their pockets full of money. The irony of it. It's some of the same people who want to talk about, oh, they're living such a life and this and that. And, oh, they, they hurting so much. I see them eating out more than, than the restaurants got food. You people, you people now not really looking like people who have any financial woes. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't see you conserving anything. Some of your kids need to go on a diet because they are obese. And you're encouraging them to eat all this unhealthy restaurant food, eating out 24-7, trying to do some home cooking. Save a couple of dollars. You want to drive around and, and I mean, this, this is what y'all are saying to me. Drive around in fancy cars, but then while I'm talking about, oh, you can't pay your bills? Listen, I love me a fancy car. You want to drive Mercedes and Audi a this and a that and, and putting on all kind of spoiler kits on it, whatever? Good. For you. But you can't do that and then complain about you can't pay your bills. <laughs> okay? If you're going to do that, you need to zip it. Keep your mouth shut. Because clearly you have no financial woes. Or maybe if your financial position has changed and you need to offload that vehicle. I'm just saying. Because people look at you and they wonder if you're stupid when you start to say and do certain things. Jonathan, the premier spoke the truth and I don't know what y'all getting upset about it for. 
Um, go back to the live around 8.52 p.m. and you'll see a little before that. Okay. I'm not surprised, though. I mean, listen, the progressive government, they, they come in like that, um, that boyfriend that you don't really need in your life. He can just hit it and run. That's them. They run in. They hit it. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. What, what, what is the government doing? And then they run out because they're not committed. Just like that guy. He just trying to get some sex. He's not committed to a relationship with you. He don't really like you. Same thing with them. They don't really like the people that came to the islands. They're not here for the long haul. They, they, they all up in their feelings because they didn't get in. So they run in, cause a little bit of trouble, get you all flustered and run away. That's, that is what they're doing politically at the moment. And some of you seem to be falling for it, but I know it, not me. Donna, good morning. Damien says there's no such thing as a free lunch. It's a phase that describes the cost of decision-making and consumption. Absolutely. Every single day, even the literal free lunches that the government is now giving out and y'all taking it when, like I said, you don't, some of you can afford lunch and you don't need it. There's a cost to everything. Dean says, can we get some help with the water bill too? Dean, what did I just say? There's a cost to everything. It's not free. Donna says if he's been trying to take the wheel, but they so much want to be in control and don't let it go, try letting it go and see what happens. Trust and have faith. Who's he? Who's been trying to take the wheel? I'm not really quite sure I'm following that. Magdalene says person still flossing. Nails, hair done. Oh, honey child, staycation, Miami. I'm glad for those who will be getting it. But listen, not only that, but um, Magdalene, to your point, during the pandemic, the previous government let y'all get access to your pension plan. Y'all wasted it out there buying staycations, TVs. Some of y'all went and bought vehicles. You know, some of the banks contacted me and said, Sandy, you know, people got their pension plan and went and bought vehicles when they already have all this debt that they need to be concerned about. Wasn't even paying mortgages. You get a mortgage break and you're still out there doing this kind of foolishness. Personal, there's no degree of personal responsibility or personal accountability in this country. Y'all doing the most to put yourselves in financially dire straits. And then you want the government to bail you out. Y'all need to stop it. You see what El Rey says here? Manage that AC usage. It's the highest contributor to your light bill. Y'all need to do an audit. I'm going to tell you how to do it on the cheap. There are professionals who can come in and do it, but I'm going to tell you what my husband ended up doing because we're not going to money pay for no audit. Or we could, we could be using no money pay to use email. But I'm going to tell you what he did to let us know what is using the most in our household. There are ways to do it. Now, it's not going to be quite the same if you get a professional audit. Like I said, they're professionals and then they're amateurs. Okay. Anyway, um, purchase goods from wholesale, purchase, yeah. L listen, we need to have an entire program, Magdalene, on what consumers can do to help each other out. And I'm all for that. 
I, we're only a household of three, so we have to be very, very careful with wastage because it's easy to overcook and then you don't have the capacity. That's what child I'll be making brownies. And I call Johan. Johan, come get some brownies because really I only want one piece of brownie because my hips don't need no more than that. Right? So spread it out. Share the mac and cheese between multiple people, multiple households. Big shout out to Miss Carla. She's my neighbor. If she got something, she gonna bring it over. Sandra, you want breadfruit? Okay. And guess what? I got stuff here that I can't use or I want. You take it. Help share it with other people. So as a community and as households, we can start to do stuff even within our own neighborhoods to really help each other out. Because food wastage is horrible. When you cook so much food out of waste, you sit down at Christmas dinner, you eat so much food that literally your stomach expands. It can't hold no more. And then y'all complain about the cost of food, the cost of this, the cost of that. Y'all just cave. Okay, Mannion's always, what it stands for again? Whatever. I got I to gotta put that up here so I can remember what it even stands for. But complaining about everything. Yes, Magdalene, there is a process with the, that I'm telling y'all, y'all don't know. That's why it's so easy. Oh yeah, let's throw up our solar panels. Well, somebody say, order it off Amazon. <laughs> Listen, it's not that easy. Yes, you have to, everything has to be inspected. There has to be electrical inspection. So you see has to come out and inspect their part of it too. Because you're actually putting in a second meter that runs like it runs through that second meter. I, I got to get what's his name to come and explain to you guys. But we have multiple meters in our house. The one that CUC put in the main meter and this one where all the solar generation runs through and it keeps track of what my credit should be. How much kilowatts are actually being pulled in by those solar panels. So my last bill, which I got on the fifth. I actually had thanks to my solar. The bill's still high, but child, I still saved $388.44 because my solar panels gave me 1,494 kilowatts at 26 cents is my rate because I was in that core program. Now they've lowered it down to, I think it's like 15 cents or whatever. So that's what I sell it back to CUC at. And that gave me a credit of $388.44. Now, when we first had solar put in for the first at least year, year and a half, we were always in the credit. <laughs> we were always doing good. Our consumption was less, and we know why what has happened. Uh, there are things that we're doing here that use more. So we, we get it. We actually, we're not cussing CUC because we understand exactly what is making our bill go up. But $388, that is nothing to sneeze at. That's still a savings. Okay. Donna says annual land tax on all foreign owned property. Lord have mercy. You're going down a rabbit hole that you do not want to go down. Mm -mm -mm. I'm telling y'all, these solutions sound simple, but you've got to really think it through. We can delve into some more, more of those. Inflation is also caused by war. Well, 
listen, I, I, that's why I can't support what Russia is doing. I cannot support them invading Ukraine just because they got up in their feelings and they want to steal people's stuff. I, I Listen, I don't mind if somebody executes that crazy man over there. I'm waiting for it to happen. I'm hoping it'll be one of his own people, actually, because that would be the most effective way of doing it. Miss Brenda, good morning to you, beautiful. Don't y'all love Miss Brenda's picture? She's so pretty. She says, Sandra, my flow bill is bigger than my CUC bill. Everything in my house is electric. Go figure. Your flow bill is bigger than your CUC bill? You might want to call flow. <laughs> Something kind of fishy going on there, Miss Brenda. I don't know what it is. But if I were you, I, I would ask Flo to come and do, do an audit. What's, what's going on with that bill? Something not right. Who you calling, Chad? Donna says, time to build a, a good fire pit caboose around the back. Well, listen, we all have to make sacrifices. And I'm not necessarily saying that's the one that you need to make. I went with gas appliances where I could. Listen, my without a doubt, if I had not put certain things in place, uh, tankless water heater, um, gas stove, gas dryer. Um, all my lights are LED, energy efficient. Uh, we have lights that turn themselves off so you don't forget, like you walk out of a room, you forget to turn back. Uh, insulated the windows. There is no doubt that my CUC bill would be double at least what it is if we had taken none of those measures, if not more. Now, before I come off, one more thing. Y'all complaining about the bills, but how many of you in the process right now of building a home, buying a home, and you're looking at what to get, right? Here, here's a big shocker. Bigger is not always better, and it's not always needed. So do you need the 4,000 and 5,000 square foot house? Because the bigger your house is, the bigger AC units you're going to need, the more money you're going to be spending on electricity and cooling homes and all sorts of things. Do you need that? So y'all don't want to make no sacrifices. You know, I know. No sacrifices. You want to drive big trucks, gas guzzlers that do nothing but eat up gas. And yet you sit down to complain about the gas. You don't want that little Honda fit that got run from now until eternity. And then some, they last forever. Oh no. I don't want that car. You can't have your cake and eat it too, as Aunt Lottie would say. It's either or either. Which is it going to be? Yes. <laughs> don't even talk about insurance. Dig a little bit deeper. I think the overarching discussion this morning comes back to something very simply. Don't look at something in just simple terms. Your solutions sound good on the surface. But when you start to what we call deep dive into it, you then start to see that there are cracks in your suggestion. Right? Except, like I do, that I'm no expert on these things. I try to reach out to the experts. I reached out this weekend to the solar folks. I reached out to CUC folks. I reached out to government folks. I'm trying to understand and put this all together. That is what needs to be done. 
And I feel like we can have a more meaningful discourse if we all sit down and have that discussion. In the United States of America, gas prices have gone up to an all-time high of over $5 a gallon. That happened this weekend. That has a direct trickle-down impact on all of us. Yes. Jared says those Hondas be running forever. All Hondas are good cars, let me tell you. But honestly, these are world events. We're just a little speckle on the map. And y'all think that our premier can fix inflation for us and the rest of the world? And there's such easy solutions that exist on how to do it? Experts and economists get it wrong sometimes. Experts who have looked at trends over 50, 60, 100 years. They've studied the historics of inflation, of recessions, and blah, 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 and they still get it wrong. What do you think about me and you? Come on now. I'm just saying. Don't put yourself on a pedestal and elevate yourself that much when it comes to these types of issues. Accept that we are all trying to learn. And the more you ask questions, the more you research, and the more you dig, and the more you read, the more informed you will become. When we have experts on the show and I see people saying to the experts, well, this is really what's causing the war in Russia. And this is what the Americans are. I'm like, eh, you understand that this person has immersed themselves in the historical study of, say, for example, Russia. And you've read one or two articles and you think you're a freaking expert. It's like, what? Don't insult people with your ignorance. It can be insulting. Mr. William Levy, did he leave the program already? He looked like he got insulted and didn't come back. Here on CMR, folks, we don't have any desire, need to uh, muffle you. Because, in fact, you do us a favor when you post ignorant comments. <laughs> because you really make people see that you're not going to damn sense. But I'll admit that some people who don't have any damn sense, they be listening thinking that you got damn sense. Like, oh, yeah. This person made a good comment, you know? Mm. Lord help us all. And on that note, folks, be thankful for what you got in life because it could be so much worse. I know y'all love to complain about everything under the sun, but you know what? We live in such an amazing country that you can express your opinion. You can speak out against this government without fear of any real prosecution. Nobody's going to arrest you and put you in jail. You're not living in China. You're not living in Russia. People who speak out about the war there get thrown in jail. Or worse, they disappear. They get executed. You're not living in Cuba, where people have to get on a little dinky boat and try to run from there because things are so bad. We have a lot to be thankful for. We got a lot to fix, but we got a lot to be thankful for. Good morning, Brother Denny. Morning. I heard you were dis, uh, disseminating some fake news this morning. <laughs> uh, 
word is word is that you thought I was sleeping. My goodness, I didn't say that. I said, "Are you sleeping?" There's a difference. <laughs> What's um, going on? Uh, alternative energy. Mm-hmm. France, France is doing great because they have nuclear technology. France. For for a second there, I thought you said France, like France Manderson. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, he might be doing great, but how does he play into this conversation? All right. Yeah. Um, we need the, the, what the problem is, is that there is this push to get us, to get the world away from fossil fuel. And the irony is, is that it's, the transition is not well thought out mm-hmm. and it's clear because you see the U S president on his knees begging countries to help. Now, America has all the fuel they need domestically if they wanted to consume that until they got their act together. Uh-huh. But they've chosen not to. So the pain is self-inflicted. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, um, we import that. Uh-huh. And the only way we can move away from that is if we had an alternative. The problem with solar is that it's not as dependable as one might think it is. Uh-huh. So you need a healthy capacity to store. Yes. Remember what I said earlier that we don't have a battery? You heard yeah. me say that, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And there's a and lot of days you ain't got no sunshine, honey. And that's when it gets expensive. Yes. <laughs> but there's something I want to say about that particular point is that there's a struggle going on right now between um, CUC wanting to be the ones with the solar capacity instead of them being so much on the houses of individuals. And if we are going to really benefit, I believe that the solar needs to be in the hands of the individual. And so if there is any um thing that can be done to help facilitate that i think that would be the better long-term route to go not saying that cuc shouldn't be able to own solar but they shouldn't be the dominant ones who own solar because that places the that places the power right back into their hands which is what solar was seeking to do in the first place is to put it in the hands of individuals. But the cost of doing that and the rate at which they want solar to be added to their network um, make it challenging because they need reliability. And so if there is something that can be done as quickly as possible, it would be um, getting CUC to have battery capacity um, and some solar capability. But I think we shouldn't just go that route and forget about helping the individual um, get solar on structures. Now, I heard what you said about renting, but the person who is renting wouldn't be the one responsible for facilitating that infrastructure. It would be whoever owns the rentals. And I think the 
the case can be made that um, solar is reaching a point where if you do the numbers, it would be better to go the route of solar if you had the capital to install um, the, the system. One of the challenges that has been a case for a long time with petroleum is that petroleum in countries that produce uh, oil, some, some, some of that is subsidized. So that puts an unfair advantage uh, to that industry versus uh, um, renewable energy that's seeking to compete with it. If, but, the, but the challenge is, is if you remove the subsidies, then the price of fuel is going to go skyrocketing as well. And so if they really want to transition away from petroleum to renewable energy, those states should say, well, we're not going to subsidize uh, any of that exploration uh, or refining or whatever level they put it at because it makes it challenging for renewable. But of course, at these prices that we're at now, and it will go higher, um, that, it, that is the better route to go. But keep in let, mind. Let me, let me ask you a question, Danny, just on that last point, when you say it will go higher. When people say to you that the premier should not be telling the people of this country to brace themselves, that fuel prices are going to go higher because they like to live in a fantasy world and they like to, I guess, be lied to. I don't know. What are your feelings about that? What do you think the premier should be saying um, in relation to the cost of fuel? Should he tell people it's going to go higher or just not tell you anything at all? Or Well, well, um, you like, you, do you like to be yes. lied to? Um, Sometimes. Okay. I'm just, right. I'm just kidding. I mean, that's honest. That, that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's off topic. That's off topic. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I agree with what he's saying. Um, it is going to go higher. But you see, this is something that we suffer from. We, we want to hear what we want to hear. We don't mm-hmm. want to hear what we need to hear. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, Part of the reasons why I buck heads with some people sometimes is because they want me to tell them what they would like to hear and I, I see it otherwise. But mm-hmm. the this happens every year. The price of fuel goes up. Of course. And, and, and usage goes up in the summer. And it's yeah. like a it's like a deja vu moment every single year. Like literally, you know how Facebook does the little reminders like what you said five years ago. Every single time this time of year, it's always the same conversation. Yeah. People yeah. cussing CUC and it's like, oh, are we doing this again? Like I wish one um, summer that we had something else to talk about. Yeah, I, 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 I'm not a big fan of using ethanol in, um, in fuels. So you have those blended fuels mm. for two reasons. It makes the price of food products um, more expensive because you're competing for fuel, I mean, for the corn uh, at a level that drives up the price more than it ought to be. Mm-hmm. And But the second problem is, is that those blended 
fuels don't have the same fuel efficiency as petrol as fossil pure fossil fuel mm-hmm. so you know you might think your car you might think oh this is cheaper so i'm getting ahead but actually you're not getting the same mileage for it mm-hmm. and so that has to be considered as well i think if we're going to go alternative you need to really go truly alternative and 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 not be dependent on you know people that are going to be jacking up prices the way that they are it's not it's not totally the fault of the petroleum industry i don't agree with what the uk is doing mm-hmm. i think the us i mean like talking about taxing profits mm-hmm. um i don't agree with what i'm hearing that the us might do which be they might follow the uk you can on one hand say um we're going to attack we're going to we want you to go out of business and then on the other hand be saying we want you to increase production mm-hmm. it it costs a ton of money mm-hmm. to explore and the right. us is taking back uh the certain lands in the us that was available for exploration they're taking those off the table now mm-hmm. because they're committed to um moving away from petroleum products fine but if you don't do it properly the high prices that you see right now is what's going to happen it's not just the war in um ukraine that's causing this mm-hmm. right so the the primary problem here it, it what you got to realize is that when you see the price of fuel at a certain rate you you shouldn't think that okay gasoline will be sold based on that price today because the truth of the matter is is that if you if you're buying oil at today's prices it takes you months until that gets through the um refining process mm-hmm. to reach the retail level mm-hmm, okay mm-hmm. so so the prices you see today are going to affect you months down the road mm mm-hmm. and 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 they haven't reached their peak yet. Mm-mm. Danny, leave us there. All right, take care. Thank you, my dear. Good to see you're awake. All right, folks. Um thank you so much for tuning in to the program. Tomorrow morning is another day, hopefully. We'll all live to see it. Uh Mr. Amelia says, do you think it'd be high if CC had competition? Well, um Competition doesn't always drive prices down. Ooh, I just noticed a crack in my little monitor there. So yes, I don't know. I have to do more research. I don't know that that will be the solution that you're looking for. And to be fair, introducing competition in the field of electricity is not the same as maybe introducing competition in some other ways. To be fair to CUC, they have they're the ones who spent potentially i don't know what they spent total on infrastructure but it could be millions if not billions of dollars in fitting out this island with electrical poles and all the conduits and whatever how do you introduce competition without being unfair to them as a company they are a company so you can't just say oh we're going to introduce competition and you as the company who has been here who has built the infrastructure who by the way employs 99.9% Caymanians and that has a trickle down effect that's supporting Caymanian families etc cetera, etc cetera. 
that all of a sudden we're going to bring in competition and what give all these people your polls and your conduit and your, I don't even know how it would work. It's not as simple. That's one of those questions that is so entirely complex and loaded. And so there's a lot to that. And I don't know that that's the solution that we're looking for. It was a lot easier to do it with telecom just because of how telecom works. But tele even telecom wasn't as easy as you think. So I can't answer that question. It's It requires a lot uh, more information. Yeah? All right, folks. Tune in tomorrow. Just trying to expand my knowledge and by extension, share that information with you. You can take it or leave it. doesn't really matter. Um, I hope you'd take some of it on board at least. You guys have a wonderful day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 